Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Wrestling fans, and welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks so much for being back with us here on Monday, April the 15th, 2019, for episode number 125. We are here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. As always, I'm Joe Murata, alongside Mr. Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy diddy. Michael, it is tax day here, April 15th. You get your taxes in? Uh, yeah. A while like ago, in, like, I bet. January. Yeah, so like, why, actually, why is it so it's, late? Like, <laughs> They give you the, the. They give you a lot of time. They give you the freaking like papers, like they do, in, like January. The thing is, you don't want a Mike Rotundo coming to your house today, yeah. folks. So get your taxes in out there. Well, I never want Mike Rotundo coming to my house yeah. one way or another. Spent a lot of money. <laughs> he spent a lot of money. Spent a lot of money, folks. Thank you so much for spending your time with us here as we romp you through the world of retro wrestling. We have some great topics in store for you. But before we get to any of that, I want to remind you: if you have a tweeter and you want to follow us there, you can do so at OVP Podcast. You can also email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the best place to talk to you, to talk to me, and a bunch of other retro wrestling fanatics is over on Facebook. Over on facebook.com slash tax day slash April 15th. Always. Very good, Quinn. Um, And over there, you can uh, go to TurboTax. There's links to that. (laughs) Yes, of course. Probably on the sidebar. Uh Um, But also, you can join the group. Yes. And have fun and talk to people about not taxes or maybe just Mike Rotunda or something. If you want to, yeah, that'd be welcome. So you go there, right? You type in the search bar, which is like a little bit above the TurboTax ads. Right, a little. You type our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast. The operators are like, he's joining and then you're in and then you can post your gifts and stuff. Yeah, you can post gifts. You can post questions. You can yeah. uh, post funny pictures, maybe obscure things. Talk about Tom McGee. Tom McGee, if you want. Sure. We have a lot of healthy discourse there. We also have a lot of irreverence, you know, and jokes and what we we try to do over on our Facebook group, folks, if maybe you're soured by some of the negativity and some of the brashness that goes on on uh, wrestling boards. It's pretty brash. There's a lot of brash, but what we try to do is uh, welcome everybody, meaning if you are a longtime WWF fan, great. If you are a longtime NWA fan, great. Whether you've been watching for a really long time or whether you just maybe started getting into wrestling, come one, come all, come on over, come on already. Go to our Facebook group and uh, join it. It'll be a really great time. And also later on, we'll have some uh, information on our Patreon, but we do have one if you want to support the show, and it's a patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But Quinn, we are back here. It is tax day. We had a kind of a week off last week, you know, yeah. the day after WrestleMania. But I'm excited to get into today's show because we have been doing this season, folks, from a star to a jobber, which is basically a shorthand title for the segment right. before anyone gets up in arms. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean you're a jobber per se at the end, but you don't win a lot. Yeah. You're kind of a loser. Right. Like your push deflates, basically. You're a loser, Tito. <laughs> you're a loser. I don't want to be associated with that guy. He's a loser. We've talked about the Renegade. We've talked about Virgil, Barry, Darso, Iron Mike Sharp was another one. Uh, and this week, Quinn, this is a mutual consensus between you and I. We're going to talk about 
Vader. What? Yeah, Vader. Remember now, him? You might, you might think, what are you guys talking about? Vader was never, like, a big jobber. Well, um, look at the WF in, yeah. like, 1998 or exactly. whenever. He was, there. he was a big, fat piece of crap or whatever. <laughs> Literally. So here's the deal with Vader. If you don't know Vader, where have you been? But Vader, Leon White, uh, no longer with us, unfortunately. Probably the best or one of the best big men ever. Yeah, I would Literally. say he's also very, like, early 90s, like... He's one of the guys I associate with those first couple years of the 90s where they were new people were starting to come in, right? Like, yeah. not that Vader started in the early 90s, no, but mid-80s. He, he kind of emerged, right, in like 1991. Yes, WCW. You know, and was a big deal. He was the world champion. Yeah, he came to prominence in the early 90s. He had had a brief stint in AWA as a baby bull and then bull power. I don't know anything about that <laughs> yeah. because that was in the Lake Minnetonka days. <laughs> right. And nothing ever mattered then. He is Leon the baby bull white. And then he made a big splash in uh, New Japan. Mm-hmm. feud with Antonio Inoki. He was also the IWGP champion over there. He had a great team with Bam Bam Bigelow in Japan. Yeah. And he wrestled for all Japan, had his eye knocked out by uh, Stan Hansen. Right. But his big U.S. impact was in WCW in 1990. He came in, defeated the Z-Man Tom Zink in WCW. Yeah. Uh, that was his big debut. Well, what a match. And he went on to have like a sporadic WCW run and st- until he started working for them full-time by 92. Became the world champion of WCW. Right, with uh, Harley Race. With Harley Race. Had a, a loss to Ron Simmons, very dramatic emotional moment, and then regained it. Had a, pretty much a reign of terror throughout most of 93. He had good video game music. He really did have great music in WCW, yeah, I right? I really like his song. And Vader was a, a big deal because for a 400 something pounder, and maybe 6'5 or so, he was agile. He was just such a great wrestler. He could do like a backflip off the do top rope. Yeah, yeah, right? Vader bomb, all these cool moves. So he was unique at the time for being a really agile. Maybe the only comparison around would be Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, and I thought Very actually similar. he was a good promo too, which was you know rare that you got the yeah. total package kind of out of him. Or yeah, package as we say on this <laughs> well, show. Well, because not only did you get the intensity, he took like the sweaty big man yelling, but it was actually good. Yeah, but he was sweaty big man. But again, like you said, it's like he could move, so he didn't seem like. You know, just the prototypical, like, lumbering headlocks (laughs) and splashes, like, you know? Like a typhoon, let's be honest, like a Fred Ottman. So anyway, Vader uh, had a great 93, great 94 in WCW. Now, before we get to Vince and shit all over him for his booking of Vader, which, believe me, we're going to do, WCW didn't do him any favors either, because once Hogan came in... (laughs) Can you elaborate? This is the trend with Vader, always, is that he's really good, and everybody likes him, and he's cool, and he feels real and shit. He's like a cool heel. Right. Cool heel, Vader. He has great matches with Dustin Rhodes and all that stuff. Great matches with Big Boss Man. Right. But the minute you get a Hulk Hogan kind of guy... It's like, well, this Vader sucks. Let's make him look like crap. Like, that's like literally what happened. It's not Vader time. It's Hulkster time, Daddy. Stop. Hogan 95, if you are new around here, is one of my least favorite things. He's insufferable. He's just awful. He just comes in and he acts like everyone in WCW just never mattered. Right. Like, all these people who they, like, spent years hyping. Flair. Sting. It's like all of them are just, like, idiots compared to Hulk Hogan. They all have to kowtow to Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan. I I, I absolutely hate it because, like, to me, it's like, that's why when we got to like the days where all these people started coming to WF and right. stuff, yep. that's why they were treated like shit. It's because WCW didn't do them any favors. Or- they yeah. already lost to Hogan. So that's the thing, right? So Hogan 
pretty much humiliates and defeats Vader throughout their feud in 95. Because why wouldn't that? <laughs> why wouldn't that happen? It's not Vader time, brother! It's Hulk time! Vader leaves in the fall of 95, resurfaces finally in the WWF, pretty hyped as well, in January of 96. Now, first things first here. Vince McMahon, from everything I understand, did not want to call him Vader. He wanted to actually change his name to the Mastodon. Mastodon! Right. Which, which is it, stupid. It, there's evidence of that, too, in just the fact that they kept harping on he's the Mastodon Vader. Yes. Like, like as if they were going to drop the Vader thing. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, looking back now, it's like, oh, that's why they kept calling him the Mastodon Vader. Yeah. Like, that's a stupid, stupid thing to do because Vader was just a, a well-known within wrestling, a well-known name. There's nothing wrong with the name Vader. I wonder if Vince... Okay. Do you think, like, Vince thought, hey, this guy's, like, potential maybe to be, like, you know, our next big thing. Like, he might, because he did so good in WCW and everything. Do you think that Vince was afraid that Darth Vader, like, they get sued by (sighs) George Lucas or something? I wouldn't think so. It's possible, but I wouldn't think so. I think Vince just likes to always put his own stamp of shit on stuff, especially in mid-90s. Right. So, anyway, Vader comes in as the man they call Vader. I guess that's Vince's, like, compromise, right? Right. The man they call Vader, but Vince calls him the Mastodon. Again, so they could eventually just call him the man. Right. So stupid. (laughs) 20 years before Becky Lynch. Yeah. So Vader uh, comes in, and of course he's managed by Jim Cornette, which is another strike. Now, I love Cornette. (laughs) I I appreciate Jim Cornette. He was the wrong manager for Vader. Correcto. If anything, no manager. Just have Vader wander in like a loose mastodon, if you will, like a bull in a china shop. Well, I will say, when he first comes in, he is like a bull in a china shop because he like beats the crap out of Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah, so here's the thing. He makes his debut in the Rumble. He gets a big fight with Yokozuna, who's like in Camp Cornette with with him. Fuck Camp Cornette. Yeah, Camp Cornette (laughs) is just, don't even utter those words. (laughs) Then the next night on Raw, uh, Vader's nipple is like falling off as always. Oh my god, that's horrific. And they put it on like Raw Magazine and like also his eye falling out. His eyes and nipples are always falling out with Vader. Scary. He to me, he was like one of the stars of Raw Magazine. Actually, but anyway. (laughs) So Vader, Vader, I'll give them this. They had a great start here with having Vader beat up Gorilla Monsoon, which hadn't been done since Steve Lombardi accidentally nailed Gorilla with a chair like seven years earlier. Everyone like apologized for it immediately, right? But this time, Vader's beaten up the ref. Right? I think it was Jack Doan or something. President Monsoon comes in, stands toe to toe with him. I like, have you taken out of here? And Vader like, pushes him, so Gorilla just chops him. Yeah, I like that Gorilla like tried to fight him. He like, didn't care. <laughs> it's the most Gorilla shit yeah. ever. How it's like, no, I'm still Gorilla Monsoon, you asshole. Like, I'm gonna kick your ass. Like, they were like the same height. Yeah, Gorilla like, didn't give a shit. Yeah, Gorilla was like, I'll go one on one with you. Yeah. You want, you want some? So, of course, Vader sneak attacks Gorilla, yeah. splashes him in the corner, Vader bombs him a few times, and that's it, right? Gorilla's written off TV uh, for a few months, Roddy Piper, blah, blah, blah. But Vader had a real-life shoulder injury, which is why Vader was suspended, quote-unquote, for a few weeks. Yeah. By the time he comes back, he's fucking feuding with Yokozuna. It's all bad. <laughs> Camp Cornet. Camp Cornet and Yokozuna. And just... They're just using him the wrong way because right. they're making him just like another fat guy. Right. Like another... that's that's the problem. It's it's like he went from like agile, like kind of more like Bam Bam Bigelow yes. or something to like just another fat ass right. like that just stinks. Now they did buoy him. Buoyed. To keep him at a level where he faced and challenged Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam ninety six. Now 
I'm not up to snuff. I don't know if it's internet rumor that he was supposed to win the title, but I think he was supposed to when they switched to Sid. Cornette's bitched about it so much, like about just I think, how it's yeah. like, I'll the click and they ruined it and sh- whatever. Now, well, like, but to be honest with you, by SummerSlam 96, I don't really think that was the right spot to give Vader the title because Sean's like in the middle of this like epic run. But here's the th- right. OK, like, so here's the thing. Whether or not Vader beat Sean for it at SummerSlam 96, don't you think, as much as we love Sid, if there were ever a time to give Vader the title, it's Survivor Series 96? Yes, not SummerSlam 96. Okay. I agree. But although Sid was like on a renaissance That by was that like point, unexpected, I feel like. Nobody so, expected it. So is it Sid's fault that Vader didn't get the world title, maybe? Maybe. Survivor it, it might Series. be more Sid's fault, yeah. But although... We get to Final Four in, in early 97, and Perfect. that's where like Vader like really shines. Perfect, Quinn. So, December 96 was a pay-per-view called It's Time, which a lot of people have noticed, hey, whose catchphrase was that? It's Vader. But, so, it was, but that pay-per-view's really good, so it is I good. don't like, you know, the executioner and all that. But a lot of people think, well, they named the pay-per-view months in advance, right? Perhaps Vader was supposed to have won the world title from Shawn Michaels at Survivor Series, and thus December, it's Vader's time. Nevertheless, something really good happens in January of 97. Jim Cornette is no longer Vader's manager. God. And who would have thought that, like, the career resurgence for 97 Vader is Paul Bearer? Paul Bearer was a hero. <laughs> like, he came in, and it's like, all of a sudden, Vader's, like, respectable. Yeah. He's hanging out with mankind. Beats the Undertaker he at the Royal beats Rumble. Beats the Undertaker. He's all good. It's like, okay, finally, like, we're gonna, like, Vader. Yeah, Vader, right? It's like, it's like he's, he's on his way to maybe getting a right. little short world title run. So, so after this middling run in 96, he has this great match at Final Four. Four with Brett Undertaker awesome. in Austin, his eye falls off again or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and he looks like a badass and all this. And then I, I feel like after this, this is where like <laughs> just Vader just falls off the face yes. of the earth. So Vader uh, then has a unremarkable tag match with Mankind against Owen and Bulldog at WrestleMania. And then of course in April, Quinn, uh, he's overseas in uh, in Pakistan, oh, right. I believe it is. Kuwait, it's Kuwait, you fucking nerd. Well, what happens, Quinn? <laughs> Some. Guy is or maybe like, it's Iran. I can't remember. Some guys like wrestling's not real, and Vader just like beats the shit out of him on TV. While Undertaker watches. While Undertaker's just like okay, like you know, like because like, he can't what? do anything. Right, he can't do anything because they're supposed to be like feuding. And he or has something. to stay in kayfabe. He has to stay in kayfabe. But I again, I still don't understand why he's not like at least like trying to break it up get off of him yeah so <laughs> I, I don't know like but like vader goes to like a pakistani prison or something <laughs> yeah, and they, wherever like, it was and yeah they're like i don't they're, remember it's kuwait shithead they're acting like they're fucking like dateline nbc <laughs> on raw they're like vader in prison yeah they're, he's held hot, hostage hot, held hostage hot story <laughs> you'll find out on raw tonight <sighs> like like there's gonna be like a fucking like you know like ted koppel's gonna come on <laughs> raw and like interview vader in prison or something that's one of the second time this is the second time that we've referenced koppel recently i didn't mean to I'm he's good like 90s like serious <laughs> news anchor peter people. jennings yeah. perhaps peter that's a farcical phone call Now peter jennings wouldn't have a like call, like he wouldn't have an interview like that like that's a more of a ted koppel that's job. more koppel yeah, yeah, yeah a, you're right yeah they send koppel out to like do that kind of <laughs> right thing. Yeah. mike wallace you know yeah. on cbs peter doesn't leave the desk no he's anchored yeah, to the desk if right. you will anyway vader gets fed to ken shamrock to put shamrock over 
<sighs> if you recall. And this is where it begins. Vader's em- embroiled in this like weird feud with Shamrock, which, I mean, Shamrock, you got to get him over, but Vader never really won anything notable after this uh, no. After this final four thing that he was in. His career no. started to go downhill. He, he turns started, face. He, turns, he changes his like outfit to that, like it's like different colors. It's like a jogging suit. <laughs> yeah, I just, I hate it. Sleeveless like, jogging suit. horrible. And here's the problem. While he does beat Goldust at Royal Rumble '98, and the fans love it, big face. That's it. '98 is the is the year where it was the writing was on the wall for Vader because the right. Kane feud, right? And this, I guess, leads us to the "I'm a big fat piece of shit" thing. Yeah. yeah so Kane beats him a couple of times, February and May '98 on pay per view, uh, and I believe it was after the February one, but I can't remember if it was that or May. Where <laughs> he's like, "Vader, time's over. I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, big fat piece of shit. Maybe Vader, time's over." I nothing but a big piece of shit. A big fat piece. What the hell? Who did they? That's like, I don't know if that's real write or not. That for him, Vince Russo would have. Yeah, like they had to say, like, make sure you shit on yourself. <laughs> like, I just don't understand. It's like then they just he was gone, right? Yeah. Like, well, no, that's the thing is it seems like he was. The reason it seems like he was just gone because all he did was lose on like Raw and Sunday Night Heat for the rest of '98 until October. Jeez, Mark Henry beat him clean. It's, Which I love, Mark Henry. I know, but I mean, come on. So, so that's the downfall, right? That's, and that's the downfall his, that's of Vader. Him being there a big jobber is ninety eight. Now, what's weird is a lot of times with these jobbers we talk about, they hang around for a bit. But Vader seems to just been like, "Fuck this place! Like I'm out of here!" They, and he never was anywhere again. So here's the questions for you fans at home: What should they have done with Vader between ninety six and ninety eight? Now, my preference—I want to hear yours. A, never put him with Jim Cornette. No, that was horrible. That was a bad start because Camp Cornette sucked. Right. Everything about it. So the name sucked. <laughs> the feud with like Ahmed and Jake Roberts and it's all Jim that. Jim Cornette when he's fat and wears like stupid pants all Polyester, the time. Polyester, yeah, yeah. I just hated like, it. Like, he's just bad in 96. Everything about him is not why should I take anything that his stable is doing seriously? Right. You know, he's not Bobby Heenan. He's not Jimmy Hart. He's a great manager, but not then. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, should Vader perhaps have won the world title from Shawn Michaels? I think so. Maybe. I really um, do, Quinn. I think it should have been. Maybe if you want it. See, here's the problem is they have like hot baby face Sid, right? Who's like the big thing, right? Yeah, but I feel like that but was like they walked into that by accident. They did walk into it by accident. What I'm saying is, is hindsight's 2020. It is. And we realize now that Vader needed the belt more than Sid did at yes. that point in time. Yes. And anyway, Sid was just going to go play softball. Well, that's true. And all that. So like, at least if they gave it to Vader, he could have went somewhere with it. However... He probably would have gotten hurt again, too. Yeah, it's true. Vader did get injured a So maybe a they bit. thought the safer bet was to go with Sid and his jelly legs. I don't know. Instead, if- <laughs> instead of Vader and his falling out eyeball. They, they made a decision there. Yeah, and I don't remember if it was Shawn Michaels himself and, you know, his backstage influence or if it was just Vince now, I've deciding. Heard, but I've heard this, but I can't find, like, credible proof or anything where, like, somebody interviewed Shawn, like, I didn't like him or, like, some. Like, other than people who bitch on the side that weren't involved. Between the two principals? Yeah, that's that's what I mean. It's like, I don't... You never hear Sean ever talk about that. Like, nobody ever asks him either. True. Uh, Vader had no hard feelings against Shawn Michaels right, for which, the record. Which is for why, the record. Which is why I wonder if, like, there... That yeah, was it might just, not have been Sean's that, fault. That was not even a thing. Sean in his prime, I don't know if there is a better worker. 
You got to remember, Vince is still the booker, even though, like, you know, there's a lot of things people say shit backstage in politics. Vince still has the final say. Right. That's why it's like, I I feel like it's a little bit of a, to me, that's Jim Cornette complaining on the internet that that's the basis of all this, like, Sean fucked him stuff. It's possible. Like, I've never, and Jim Cornette hates Shawn Michaels. That's true. Like, you know what I mean? Like, irrationally. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's a lot of people irrationally. It's true. But anyway, as far as Vader and the WWF is concerned, folks, what do you think could have been done better? I think a world title run, even if it was six months, you know, just as a heel transitional would have been great. I think that they botched him by having him uh, be, <laughs> be with Jim Cornette. Yeah. I think the Paul Bearer run was great, but then they went nowhere with it. I like the face turn, but I don't like that he just stopped winning in 98. He that need, was the problem. I think, that's the, I think ultimately that's the problem is they needed to, like, if he had a series with Shamrock, they needed to have it be a back and forth one where he wins one pay-per-view and like they lose 50, 50, 50 booking Quinn. <laughs> yeah. But in that case, it would have really helped Vader yeah, because it, he, it he couldn't at that point, his like stock wasn't high enough to withstand just a straight loss to, to a newcomer. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. I think overall Vader was a great wrestler. I think they would misused him in WWF. And that's probably the crux of this whole discussion. Right. Is he wasn't a jobber jobber until like 98 where he really didn't win. Right. Exactly. <laughs> After Kane. Yeah. He really didn't. But he was misused. And folks, we want to know how you think he could have been used better. Uh, we love Vader and we think he deserved better. Damn it. So Yeah, he definitely did. So who's the man? Vader's the man. Uh, folks, when we come back, though, it is now another round of Royal Flush as we are going to pull two more WrestleMania's out of the septic tank here and flush them down the crapper. We're going to see where the chips may fall. Royal Flush coming up right after this. This is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast here for episode number 125 on tax day, April the 15th, 2019. Hey, Quinn, speaking of monies, people can pay if they want to to get some extra exclusive content over on Patreon. Yep, in their sagacity, yes. they can uh, join the Patreon. <laughs> That's right. Now, it won't break your bank. We promise you that. We only have three tiers. They're $2, $3, and $5. And on the $5 tier, you get monthly pay-per-view audio reviews, a full, edited, produced podcast. We have WrestleMania out, Wrestling Classic is out, and WrestleMania 2 with special Yes, Richard Land will be coming up any day now, so watch wow. for that. Wow, it's a big one. It's folks, a big and it's also a really shitty show. Yeah, and speaking of big, next month we will be doing for May the big event. Right, the big one. Yeah, even um, though it's not it's, a pay per view, it's, 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 it's 
which is funny because the next show after that's even bigger. It is actually that'd be WrestleMania three. So that's on patreon.com slash OVP podcast. On the two dollar tier, you're gonna get the raw video, meaning every week you get to see the video version of the making of every episode. And on the three dollar tier, every two weeks, every other Friday, you get Quinn and I live watching nineteen eighty two WWF championship wrestling. That's yeah. been a fun time. Now the hot rumors say that uh Donald Morocco yeah. is on his way into uh the WF the, the WF yeah, Donald finally P, Donald P. Morocco which also in. means that stupid Pedro yes is gonna finally lose his dumb belt <laughs> finally he so stinks you can hear all about that if you go over to patreon.com slash OVP podcast that's if and only if you want to donate but Quinn it is time for the Royal Flush yeah it's oh, time it's oh, time oh, to boy. flush now folks what we do here this season is each week we are alternating between the Royal Rankings and the Royal Flush. And it all began a couple of months ago when I asked you guys, the fans, to give us your top 10 and bottom 10 WrestleManias. We tallied up all the votes. Everything went into a pool. And what we do is we have a pool for the best and a pool for the worst. And each week we alternate. This week it's the Royal Flush, which is the worst of the worst WrestleManias. We take two out each week and we rank them. Here are the current Royal Flush rankings, and Quinn would like to remind you that number one means the worst. Yes, it's always reverse order with the flush. So you're, if you're in this this toilet over here, yes, right. You want to aim like <laughs> to be number ten. That's like, right. You don't want to be number one, right? And number one, of course, is the PP. So. Yeah. <laughs> and the PP right now at number one is WrestleMania two. Believe it or right. not, yeah. Some people say it's better than the first one, but I cannot co-sign that. I, I think it's hideous. And after having to rewatch it again, yeah, it's bad, it's folks. Really, really bad. <laughs> number two. Speaking of number two is WrestleMania 32. Right. Now, that was there's crap. Been, been all this controversy about 32 being worse than two. I disagree. Yeah, two I is mean, just a shithole. Two, two really is bad. We had to watch it in detail with like a watchful right. eye to do the review that yeah. we have out or coming out. Horrible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number three is WrestleMania 9, which you was bound to make it, obviously, to a worst of list, even I, though I personally like it. I think it stinks. <laughs> um, I think the review today is from that time period. Uh, a little a later. Little, a little after. A little after. It, it proves my point. Yeah, I know. Uh, and number four right now. The best of the worst right now is WrestleMania 13 because of that Bret Austin match only. Well, yeah. I that's mean, the only that, it thing. It saves the show, man. <laughs> that's literally the only thing that I had going for it. So that is the worst right now. But why don't we all go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush? Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal! And now, WrestleMania 11. Uh-oh. Bart Gunn meets Tough Man winner and IBA Super Heavyweight Champion Butterbean. The timekeeper, Herb! And check this out, Jerry the King Lawler. Now, reality has just set in for Michael Cole here at WrestleMania. The wild man, Mark Morrow, ladies and gentlemen. Not sure those outfits are legal either, Jess. Buddhist, this is incredible. What a package. It's the Royal Flush. <laughs> and Man, Triple H is still the champion. Ooh, Why? And Triple H is still the champion. Why? <laughs> well, Quinn, we have run him down here. And uh, as the plumbing begins to get backed up, it'll be time to flush oh, two more. Real flush back oh, there. Oh, huh? boy. Yeah, we got to flush two more down the shitter here, folks. So without any further ado, why don't we all find out who drew number five? Can the boss man feed hope from the cells? Yeah. 
Well, Quinn, you can't have a good WrestleMania without a good hanging. It's WrestleMania 15. <laughs> this show, <laughs> this is just Vince Russo run amok. Yeah, like, basically. The WrestleMania of it. <laughs> WrestleMania Vince Russo it's edition. WrestleMania. Now, folks, if you're newer to the show, we actually do appreciate a lot of the stuff that Vince Russo did we in, do. in like 96, the 97. Is this is not that. No, this, this is, is 1999, right? Yep, this is March of 1999, folks, coming off of a very hot and still in the middle of a very hot period for WWF, no question about it. Yep. But one of the things about that hot period in 99 is it has very little rewatchability. Right. At the time, a lot of people were absorbed into WWF and what they were oh, doing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was all about WF at this point in time. It, yeah. was like, it was like the hot poo in my household. It, it was hot poo, which is very uh, yeah. appropriate here, considering right. it's in the Royal Flush. It was the hot two. <laughs> Thank you, Quinn. And, uh, you know, WrestleMania 15 was a big deal. I mean, it was well promoted. It went into, but here's what happened here. Okay, so first of all, First of all, we have a uh, match that I don't remember. I guess it was on the pre-show. So this was on a Sunday night, Sunday night heat, heat. Yep. Up, allegedly, according to Wikipedia. Yep, and in one minute and twenty-three seconds, because it's the uh, it's Vince Russo, Jacqueline with Terry Runnels defeated Ivory. Well, I have no recollection of this I don't happening. Either did you watch the U.S.? I I probably watched. I probably this, did because back then, you know, we were watching like everything. I was watching it, every piece of WF I could right, get my hands on. Right, right, exactly. So I'm sure we watched this garbage. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we were all excited as Shane McMahon like <laughs> yelled on something. Right. <laughs> now I should also clarify for the record here: this is in Philadelphia, so it's a good crowd. Right, Philly always a good time well, for wrestling. Or it could be a bad crowd if if the show's bad. Yeah, that's true. Now, also on Sunday Night Heat, Quinn, there was a battle royal to determine the number one contenders for the WWF Tag Team Championship. Yes, and I would like to actually list off the people in this because it starts off with some people that I didn't even fucking remember were in WWF. Let's hear it, Quinn. Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge. Yes, Public Anima was there. Right, in this battle royal. Uh, Viscera, you know, with the garbage. Of course, <laughs> trash bag. bag outfit. <laughs> yep. Gilberg. Yeah, he was still there. Is he even uh, the right weight to be in that? <laughs> animal. Yeah, Haw- of Hawk and Animal. Okay, that I didn't remember. Eight Ball, Skull, Ugh. Hawk. Hawk! Scott Taylor, Farouk. A poor Farouk. Yeah, he was before the APA. On the, on the Heat pre-show, like, fucking, like, <laughs> Battle Royal. Right. Uh, Tiger Ali Singh. Oh, he good gracious. Oh, my goodness. Matt and Jeff Hardy, oddly. Yeah, like, they were pants era. Yeah, uh, Midian. Yeah, of course. Uh, Brian Christopher, Steve Blackman, and Bradshaw. Oh, yes. And, and, this, and, and some other people that aren't mentioned to, like, win or something at the end. And this was a, uh, again, typical Vince Russo was a four-minute Battle Royal. <laughs> Yeah. Believe it or not, D'Lo Brown and Test won this. Yep. Tag Team Championship Battle Royal. The winners got a shot at the champions, Owen and Jeff Jarrett, later in the show. Now, to open the show proper, I believe Boys to Men sang the National Anthem or America the Beautiful. Four-time Grammy Award winners and Philadelphia's own Boys to Men. So anyway, to open the show proper, we have that very memorable triple threat hardcore match where Hardcore Holly defeated Al Snow. And the champion, Billy Gunn. Now, the first thing I need to mention about this (laughs) is they had been pushing Gunn for the last couple of months in the intercontinental title scene. But because Vince Russo likes to swerve people, bro, bro, they had 
Billy Gunn win it. Uh, now, I liked the hardcore division in early 99. I'm not going to lie. I don't remember anything about this match specifically, but Hardcore Holly was okay in 99. Al Snow was good. Yeah, I really like Al Snow Al at Snow, this point. Yeah. yeah. Billy Gunn, though, hardcore champion. That was just like a why type of thing. Why? They just like reversed everything. They just they flipped him and Road Dog and what right. they were doing. It's so weird. It was really weird. Then we had that tag title match. It was Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart, the champions with Deborah. I like that team, Quinn. I don't know about you. I was a big fan of that team. And actually, I always say this. It's one of the better things Jeff Jarrett ever did. Like, was this tag team? I liked it. Because him and Owen, same size, it may have same drawn, age. It may have drawn an actual dime. <laughs> Which is amazing. Ah, Dimer too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was Owen. It was nice to see Owen doing something that was actually good again because his '98 was junky. The whole black heart and like them trying to like and then danger tape. Yeah, they, them trying to basically like make a thing out of Brett leaving. Yeah, right? basically, but it didn't work. But this tag team was fine. It was a nice way for Owen to spend his time with Jeff Jarrett, and they defeated uh, D'Lo Brown and Tess. So that whole battle royal, all for naught, because yeah. the t- champs just retained anyway, bro. What? Yeah, it was just an excuse to put like Gilbert in something or whatever. Yeah, probably. A- like, animal. Yeah, animal hawk. <laughs> the and DOA. Johnny Grunge. What the fuck was I don't that? Know. Like that list of people I said is weird. See, and you think the battle royal concept is new, but no, they were giving everyone a payday ever since WrestleMania. Two tons right. of battle royals they all over. They gave a payday to guys who were in WCW recently, yeah. like Rocco Rock and Johnny Grudge. It's so weird. Then we have the Brawl for All final here. I guess like the post-final. The reason oh, that God, this existed this, was the Brawl for All. This is hideous. <laughs> so, <laughs> basically, oh, God. Bart Gunn like, impresses them because he knocks people out, right? And for the record, the Brawl for All had ended in like July of 98 yeah, or like August really or something. Time ago, yeah, right? This is a while I, ago. In fact, I remember when this happened that I don't even remember them hyping this very much to the point where like, I remember this being on the show and I was like, Wait, what? They're like bring like I would literally remember thinking as a kid like they're bringing back Brawl yes, for All. Like, you're right because <laughs> it was out of nowhere in like January or February. All of a sudden, they're like, yeah, Bark Gun's gonna f- Bark Gun's gonna fight Butterbean or whatever. Right. And Bark Gun like made a couple of appearances and his hair was all short. Yes, and everyone was upset because like an idiot because he had the good hair when it was long. So yeah, they bring in Butterbean for his second appearance. His first, of course was when he faced Mark Merrow, leading to Merrow's famous line, I'm going to go out there and destroy that fat tub of crap. They hype, well, hype, I guess in quotations, this match for a couple of weeks on Raw. They're going to have a brawl for all match for no reason, really, other than they need to use Butterbean again. I guess this was supposed to be the end of, like, brawl for all. Like, that's what they kind of acted like. I guess, because it was like, all right, well, Bart Gunn knocked out Bradshaw. He knocked out Godfather. He knocked out whoever else, right? Which, mind you, the, Steve whole, Williams. the whole point of this tournament was because Bradshaw was a big asshole in no. the back and said he could, like, knock people out. No. So Vince Russo was like, well, let's see if he can knock people <laughs> out. And then Bart Gunn beat the shit out of him. <laughs> so everyone's like, yeah, Bart Gunn's going to win. Yeah. He has a chance. He could really beat Butterbean. Uh, so we have a elaborate pre-match ceremony that includes Vinny Pazienza as a special Ooh. guest ref. Who? And the last on-screen appearance, Quinn. Yes. Of the one and only Gorilla Monsoon, who did not look good. Looking very frail. Very, very frail. sad. I, but big ovation for the me, Gorilla that's Man. that's the best part of this whole thing is the final appearance of Gorilla. Like, just that we get to say goodbye. Yeah, like, exactly. That, what was kind of cool about it, too, is they didn't say it was his last no, name. No, no, but no, they, no. The crowd in Philly figured it out. Yes. Like, pretty easily. Like, they saw him and they were like, oh, shit. And everyone, like, gave him, like, a standing ovation. Yeah. He is one of the all-time greats in the World Wrestling Federation. And I'm proud to say, a Hall of 
favor as well, the one, the only, Gorilla Monsoon! Wow, look at this! What an ovation for Gorilla Monsoon! I remember being 13 and watching this, Yeah, and I remember seeing him, and I was like, wow, I haven't seen him in a while. Right. You know, since 97, he hadn't been on screen. Right. And I was like, oh man, he doesn't look good. And I, even I felt as a 13 year old, like the, kid, the end is near. Right. I was just like, oh, this isn't looking good. And like, I was, I was v- actually very happy that the crowd, like the Philly crowd yeah. figured that out and kind of gave him literally like a final goodbye yeah. standing ob- ovation. That's the best part of this. Unless, of course, what tickles your fancy is seeing Butterbean knock the ever-loving shit off of Bart Gunn's head. <laughs> oh my god, he destroys he kills him. kills him. That 35 <laughs> seconds. Just, what an embarrassment. He knocks him down immediately, Bart Gunn gets up, and then just gets knocked into next year. Gets knocked all the way to all Japan or wherever he went after this. Now, what this. makes this funnier to me is because if the whole purpose of this, right, Joe was to, like, embarrass Bradshaw. Right. Well, this embarrassed him more because the guy that kicked his <laughs> right, ass, right. Like, pretty badly <laughs> just got fucked up by, like, a <sighs> real boxer. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's good for comic relief, if nothing yeah. else, right? Yeah, it's amazing. 27 seconds left. Oh! Now, I want to mention before we get to any more of the show, this is during the period of time where JR had the Bell's palsy, unfortunately, since December. So, actually, this whole show so far, until the very last match, is called by Michael Cole and oh, King. Hideous. Now, now, Cole would go on to improve vastly, tremendously in the 2000s, but 99 Michael Cole really it was their only other option, he I guess. He shouldn't be here. It's not, yeah, yeah. it doesn't have, it has a very cheap feel to it, the commentary. Yeah, I, I like, really mean no, it. Oh, we don't have JR. We don't have JR. Uh, so, anyway, next up we had Mankind defeating Big Show by DQ. The whole point of this match is that the winner got to become the special guest ref in the main event. Who cares? Yeah. Why that needed to be a stipulation, I don't know. okay, so I think I know where they're going here with the writing, is that this is a follow-up to the deadly game where Mankind got fucked. It is. He's still involved. the, The idea is that, like, oh, well, Mankind can get an opportunity to really screw over the rock here. Like, okay, fair because, enough. like, The Rock screwed him. And you're right. There was even a rumor that I've heard, and it might be true, that they were originally going to do a triple threat, Stone Cold, Mankind, and The Rock, until someone, I think it was Shawn Michaels backstage, convinced Vince, like, no, just do a one-on-one. It's WrestleMania. Yeah. Also want to mention here, Mankind defeated Big Show by DQ. Big Show had just debuted a month <laughs> earlier. He, this is the match he gets at fucking WrestleMania. What? First of all, whoever expected the Big Show to be a big ref in the main event? <laughs> like, like, that would have been how they used him? Either yeah. way, it's like horrible usage of Big Show here. Right, it's terrible. And I don't remember here, is this one of those situations where the Big Show, like, beats the crap out of mankind and gets dq'd for it like i don't remember how this all went down you know what i don't either that's how unmemorable this wrestlemania is and i've seen it a couple of times yeah uh, and including live. Not that I really care to look it up and maybe no, somebody either. on the boards can Let point us know. out what the hell happened because I ain't going back to watch we're, WrestleMania 15. Yeah, well, not for like a couple of years on the Patreon reviews right, anyway. until we get to it. Yeah. We're not here to be know-it-alls, folks, yeah. and we don't ever pretend to be. You can fill us in on the stuff that we're missing here. But next up, we had a Four Corners elimination match for the Intercontinental Championship where the champion, Road Dog. <laughs> Again, Road Dog had been in the hardcore division. Road right. Dog had been in that scene. Billy Gunn had been gunning and Road Dog was for the awesome IC. Too. And Road Dog was great See, in hardcore. Actually, in a weird way, I wonder if they were like, man, Road Dog's so good, we, we should really give him the intercontinental title, not no, the hardcore title. I think Vince Russo was just like, bro, we got to swerve him. Bro. And uh, he That's defeated stupid. 
Goldust, who had now, the blue meaning with him. And Ryan Shamrock. Oh, yeah, Alicia Webb. Fan of this fan show. Fan of the show. Yeah. Uh, Ken Shamrock. Did he have the blue tights yet? Yeah, he already had the blue. I mean, he was good in the corporation, but this is just a bad match for yeah. him to be in. And Pal Penis was yeah. in this match, too. So. There he is. So Road Dogg def- uh, retains his title. Nothing special. Now we had Kane, who was a heel, because it's very hard to keep track. Yeah. Kane, the heel, was with China, the heel. Right. And he defeated Triple H, the face, who was still in DX, but all of DX was wrestling separately here. Right. This is the match where China turned on Kane to turn face again and happily reunited with Triple H. Keep in mind, China is now a face again. She started as a heel. She is now a face again. And Triple H is a face and everyone's happy and wonderful and the crowd is happy. Remember that, okay? Okay. Sable defeated Tori. (laughs) Yeah, who cares? Tori, what the, what the hell? Now this isn't Tori Wilson, Quinn. Yeah, this is the other Tori. Tori that nobody Power. fucking Terry Powers. Yeah. By the way, what? Why <laughs> was she like super hyped? Like they they went all out with her. Remember she had that weird cat suit. She at one had point? like the giant Gonzalez tribute outfit, if you recall. <laughs> and then at some point, she just started wearing like a green shirt and black or something. Well, yeah, when she was in the heel DX, right, right in like yeah. 2000 or whatever. Right. Yeah. Now Terry Powers, Tori here. Uh, had been somewhat of a name in the LPWA. I don't even know what exactly. that is. Exactly. <laughs> and Sable was a terrible wrestler. Yeah, no shit. Sable was on the verge of turning heel by this point, but she didn't have Nicole Bass with her yet, to my knowledge. Hi. And, <laughs> Hi, you got a problem. <laughs> and Tori had been in years before Mickey James did it much better. Tori had this like obsessed fan stalker angle with Sable, if you right, recall. Right, but nobody really cared nobody cared because she stunk at yes, it. Yes, exactly. So Sable retains her title. Now, this was actually kind of good. Shane McMahon, the European champion, <laughs> with Test by his side, defeated X-Pac. Now, I love Sean Waltman. This is Shane's first WrestleMania match, and it wasn't right. that bad. I mean, all things well, considered. It, this wasn't bad at all. I actually like this. Here's a, Okay, I have a thing with Shane McMahon. And he is one of the, in my brain, I'm so cut in half about it. Even to this day, I still, like, I, he comes out, and I know, like, he's older, but I still, in a weird way, I see him, and I'm like, I respect that he's willing to, like, do Kill himself, this. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like... I don't know how this fucking guy does this. I'll, like, yeah. I, it's like I can't do that, and he's older than me. Like, I'll tell like, you, you know what I mean. He's a lot older than us, right? I'll tell you this about Shane: his match with Vince at seventeen is really good. It is really good. It's actually says. one of the better matches at at seventeen. A really good show. It's really fun. I just don't understand. Like Shane McMahon is a puzzling figure. He's an in, anomaly in WF because he can't technically wrestle, and his punches look like shit. And like, there's but all for these like some things. Reason, there's something there. He's got that McMahon charisma where he can put together like a good garbage entertaining match, right? Right. Overall, Quinn, Shane's like, yeah, he's an anomaly, but he's good in his like way, right? Yeah, it's true. He's not a good wrestler, but for some reason his matches are fun. Right. I can't explain, except now, The Undertaker now, one. Now, Joe, doesn't something weird happen here with X-Pac? <laughs> yes. I, I just remember, okay. I remember, the, like, for, okay, this is weird because I remember watching this yep. the last time I watched this, which was a couple years ago, Sure, and being like, this whole part was actually like really interesting and strange. Well, here's like, the thing. If you recall... About 20 minutes earlier in the show, right? everything was happy and wonderful because China, who had been with Kane and the corporation, and Triple H, you know, was sad. They reunite, and everyone's happy, right? She ball shots Kane and all that it's stuff. It's all good. Then Triple H and China, who are faced now, you know, since a couple of matches earlier, they interfere, and they help uh, Shane here win. Right. And they turn on X-Pac. So now China, who had started the show as a heel, turned face, is now a heel again. 
Triple H, who had been a face, is also now a heel. Bro. Yeah. And X-Pac is kind of just left It sounds more confusing than I think it is, Joe. It's just dumb. All it is is basically Triple H joined the corporation, but you weren't, you didn't you figure that out. You weren't supposed to know yeah, that, I know. Yeah, you didn't figure that out, because you just think China's joined Triple H, but you're like, oh no, China didn't leave the corporation. She like, right. joined, and Kane's been like kicked out or something. Yeah, don't they get rid of because Kane turns face soon, doesn't he? Right. Yeah. He actually does. Yeah. Every teams with X Pac. Yeah. Basically, it's revealed like what really happened is Kane was kicked out, and Triple, Triple H-, H took a spot in. and joined. Yeah, and that would be, folks, the impetus for the big Triple H push of '99 into yeah. 2000 into infinity and ne- beyond and beyond. Next up, we have. A very infamous match. One of the worst. This is horrible. The worst Hell in the Cell that I've ever seen. What's sad is I can't say it's the worst Undertaker at WrestleMania match. <laughs> That's true. There's yeah. a lot of bad ones, yeah. right? But it's certainly a horrible Hell in the Cell match. Now, it's two heels, by the way. It's thrilling. It's literally the die, die, die era Undertaker. Undertaker, you come on down. Die, die, die. And all that stupid crap over and over and over again. Yeah, Satan Taker. Darkness guy. <laughs> yep. Uh, Satan Taker, basically, yeah. we call him. Fighting the most evil man in the world, the big boss man. Now, you would think on paper that seems kind of amazing. Because yeah. it's like, well, boss man's no like pushover. Oh, he, no. He's really horrible. Like, he drags Big Show's dad through <laughs> a thing and all this. Make, makes people eat their dogs. Yeah. He's, but no. he's terrible. So he can, he can withstand <laughs> Satan Taker. <laughs> but The Undertaker wins. And then, of course, the ceremonial hanging of the big boss man. Yeah, because that's what we want to see at WrestleMania. People get hung. This doesn't help draw ratings. Like, I get that, like, Vince Russo is all about ratings, bro, and keeping people from flipping the channel. This is on pay-per-view. They already bought the show. Yeah. Why do you need to do it here? I wonder... Why do they do it at all? I wonder if the thinking was... What was this? Maybe in a weird way, the thinking was is, well, the crowd hates both of them. Let's (laughs) just have them beat the shit out of each other and, like, the one guy killed the other guy. But I don't remember anyone caring, do you? No, I just remember (laughs) it being, like, really weird. And also, I just remember it being kind of a shitty Hell in the Cell match. It's awful. Because I was like, well, WrestleMania, we're getting a Hell in the Cell match. That seemed like, on paper, that seemed kind of amazing. Right. right? It wasn't. And it sucked. (laughs) It's really bad. And it's, like, probably one of the worst Hell in the Cell matches matches ever literally even the new ones like they are at some weird level where they're above this oh yeah they're like at a level of mediocrity at least you know like a steady level consistent consistent mediocrity garbage this is bad yeah and then in the main event in the foregone conclusion of course uh steve austin who had heroically won the world title at wrestlemania last year uh wins the world title this year now looking back at the stipulation of this match job yeah which is kind of stupid yeah so Mankind, if you recall, won the special guest ref spot. Yes. But it's a no DQ match, so what's even the point of that? He gets to count the pin, I guess, right? Who cares? Now, doesn't Michaels come out before this and say, like, ah, Vin Man, there's got to be a referee, Vin Man? That's horrible. Now, Vin Man, we just can't have a WrestleMania without the Heartbreak Kid. Yes, we can. So we've come full circle. Austin had won it at 14, gotten screwed throughout 98. Survivor Series and stuff. Yep. Rock had won it, uh, traded with Mankind. Overall, I mean, you see where the writing went here. It wasn't this part at the end here. It wasn't written wrong. It was just kind of like anticlimactic. That's all. It was just like you knew like, okay, like Stone Cold's going to win and then we're going to have 1999 Stone Cold edition. Exactly. And that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, Decent match. Not bad at all. It's a good brawl. Their backlash rematch, I think, is a little better. And then obviously the WrestleMania 17 match was a lot better. Right, right. But this is okay. It's not a bad main event or anything. Yeah, it's, it's just, just to me, it's a always, underwhelming. I always remember it as the shitty Rock versus Austin match. Exactly. Like, it's not the good one. No. 17 is a masterpiece. Yeah, and 19 is like a nice farewell. 
Right, it's even better than this. Like I think 19 yeah. is better than this. It's more fun than this, yeah. yeah. But this was okay. Overall, that's WrestleMania 15. It was uh, not good, I mean, going not, through this year. It's, it's not good, but you know what? After going through it I in and some of the other stuff we've gone through so far, I don't know if it's going to like um, break any records at the top. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so, but let's see if this next one will. Let's all find out who drew number six. Not sure those outfits are legal either, Jess. Oh, they've been wrestling with them for months, Gorilla. Come I, on. I, I, did, I didn't say they haven't been wrestling with them. I just said I don't believe they're legal. Quinn, are those outfits legal? I don't think they're legal. So, <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Uh, this fucking thing. The Wrestling Classic Part 2. Yeah, basically. March 27th, 1988 from Atlantic City, New Jersey in a piss-stained dump called the Convention Center. The floor is stained yellow. <laughs> Oh, man, this was coming off of WrestleMania 3 the previous year, Quinn. And what an amazing WrestleMania that is. And I love WrestleMania 4 for my own personal nostalgic reasons. People have a... They love this show for yeah. some reason, even though I just... I don't see it. It's kind of long for no reason. It's, <laughs> it's really long. It's like we were at least able to fit that shitty wrestling classic into like two and a half hours. Right. We can't like compact that here. It's this like, is like 340. It's ridiculous. Now, this had been this WrestleMania four here, folks, had come out of the Hogan Andre main event angle from February. Right. The highest rated thing to ever happen. <laughs> right. In WWE. Higher right? than the Pope or whatever. <laughs> Where Andre the Giant defeated Hulk Hogan with the help of a crooked referee. To uh, win the title, he immediately gave the tag team championship to Ted DiBiase. Yes, he I serenaded it. the title, the tag team title. So. And now, a and Jack Tony's like, never fucking again can that happen. Right, so, exactly. So WrestleMania 4. Yeah. Like, basically, that's like what he <laughs> yeah, said. basically. Like, so our WrestleMania 4, we're doing this. Yep. Fuck you. Hogan and Bye. Hogan and Bye. Hogan and Andre get a bye to the uh, semifinals or whatever it is. Whatever comes after the first round here. Meanwhile, yep. a bunch of other superstars are going to fight it out and have a tournament for the world title. At the end of the night, we're going to have a new world champion. So we open up this show here. With uh, not Vince McMahon in the ring, Quinn, but Gene Okerlund being like, Welcome to WrestleMania 4! It's like very anticlimactic. Hello, everybody! Welcome to WrestleMania 4! Now, doesn't What's-Her-Head come out with the weird sign coat on? Uh, Gladys Knight, yeah. Yeah, and sing the thing. More sign coats. It's like she's the SD Jones of singers. (laughs) She does a good job, though, with America the Beautiful. I have nothing wrong with that performance. it's fine. It's just the sign coat. You know how I hate that coat that SD Jones wears? Yes, of course. She literally has like the glittery version of that. glittery sign coat by uh, Gladys Knight. We have a battle royal to start. uh, And it's one of those, like, for no reason battle royals. It's for a trophy that's big. That, yeah, very that's big. literally like what it is. That's like, all that's it's like for. They're, they're hyping. That's like, oh, look at the trophy. Yeah, and it's got guys like Sam Houston in it. Yep, and Bob <laughs> Bob Euchre's on commentary. He is, and yeah. he's like talking about how like it's like, oh, that's like the trophies that I bought for myself when I played baseball. <laughs> right, like, so excited about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, Euchre is with Gorilla and Jesse. Best part of the show, undoubtedly, is the commentary team. Right, yeah, Gorilla and Jess are they're, great here. Well, there's a lot of scenery to chew. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. This is the Battle Royal where Bad News Brown wins after last eliminating Bret Hart after Bret turned his back and Bad News ghetto blasted him and got yeah. him out of there. Other dumb stuff that happens in it, like yeah. uh, George Animal Steel like, acts like an idiot outside the whole time. Yeah, never gets in the ring. Sam Houston does a stupid dance at the beginning. Ken Patera does a dumb arm pose. In right, the yeah. <laughs> it's All like these that. little things like... Bolsheviks. What's funny is that they're memorable, but they're like 
memorable in a bad way. Like There's it's like it's here. like hey, this is shitty, but it's like <laughs> kind of funny how shitty yeah. it is. Like this is a this is not a good battle royal. Now at the end, right? Yes. So Brett loses and he gets all mad and yep. then he breaks the trophy and then he throws it like an ashtray. Right. Or of course, and an ashtray because it's a big trophy and of course they have to break it at the end. So well, that's wrestling, you know, one one basically. Right, exactly. Right? So moving on here, please. We have the tournament here. Where, here we go. Now there's like 8,000 freaking matches. Yep. Now this is where Robin Leach comes out and reads a proclamation and he says, whereas, like a million times. Whereas, and, whereas, and, whereas, and, whereas. He's like, I'm Robin Leach and I do know why. Why does he say that? That's his catchphrase. Uh, but I don't know why. Like, you don't know why he's Robin Leach? I, I don't know well, what that, he what knows does that why. even mean. He knows why he's Robin Leach. Stupid. Ted DiBiase, the big fa- one of the big favorites here, right. takes on Jim Duggan in the first round. I guess this is like a uh, a bit of a reunion from Mid-South. Right. Oh, tuxedo match <laughs> yeah. edition. Yeah. No tuxedos involved in this one, though. But DiBiase's got Andre and Virgil with him, which, of course, Gorilla has a problem with. Yes. And I believe this ends with something with Andre, like, pulling Duggan's leg when he's doing the yes. three-point stance. Mm-hmm. It's like four seconds long. Yep, gives him a forearm shot, and DiBiase gets the win. And then we got Don Morocco in uh, his Superstar Billy Graham mode. Uh, Jesus Christ, Superstar. But if you're listening to the new version on the network, Ugh. it's like some weird, like, it's like, some weird, like, <laughs> like Roman legions coming down. Yeah. Oh, God, it's bad. It's like, what? Superstar Billy Graham along with the rock. And he's facing our favorite, Dino Bravo, with Frenchie Martin. Right. He defeats Dino by DQ when Dino surreptitiously pulls the ref I in front of him. don't understand why that happens yeah, at all. it's just the way to end and the, the match, And the way it right? also happens is, like, nobody really, like, notices it. Yeah, until like, the replay. Yeah, it's like, let me see that on instant replay. Gorilla. I didn't see it, Manuel. You gotta give him credit. Yeah. You know, or something like that. But first of all, why is Dino Bravo... Dumb in kayfabe, like why would you do that in a tournament where you like can't advance by DQ? Right, you can. The only way to win, of course, is to win. Right. So, like, literally, that is the dumbest possible thing you can do. And this isn't the first time this happens, by the way. Yeah, there's a lot of dumb decisions made here by the heels, right? Yeah. <laughs> then Greg Hammer time takes on Ricky Steamboat in probably the <laughs> best wrestled match of the night. Quinn. It's also the dumbest, like. I don't know why they decided to do this. Well, Steamboat was on the outs with Vince ever since like May of 87 when he wanted time off for the little dragon. Right. And so he comes out with the little dragon who looks like a power lifter, right? <laughs> Got cheeks fatter than Bundy. Now, the way he comes out and the hype and everything, you, it seems like, oh man, they're really behind him, right? right? Like they're like acting like he's so great, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, it's just Greg Valentine he's fighting. Right. It's and, not like it's Valentine. So the other thing here, the other implication, which is pretty like obvious if you yes. look at the tournament Board, is that if Steamboat wins and Macho Man wins the next match, yep. they're going to fight each other. To me, when I first look at this show on paper, like yep. especially as a kid when I first saw it and I, I just saw the brackets, I didn't know who won. Right. I was like, oh man, like that we're going to have a rematch from WrestleMania 3. It's going to be awesome. Like, right. This is awesome. This is awesome. I just don't understand why they just left that shit on the table. Well, like, you're they, right. They did. It's the. To me, this is the dumbest decision in the whole tournament. <laughs> like, it is so bad. Well, they didn't do that, Quinn, because Greg Valentine defeated Ricky Steamboat here. It's really bad. He rolled through on a pin, and uh, Greg Valentine advances. Then, Randy Savage and Elizabeth, now Savage's face by now, keep in mind, yeah. he defeats uh, Butch Reed, who is somehow still there. I don't know how he was employed <laughs> by this point. What was he doing? What's weird is he was, like, new at the last WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. Now he's kind of, like... He's already on, a, on the way out? Everyone's like, who cares? <laughs> 
So Savage defeats Butch Reed. And then we have another just crap match here where the <laughs> one-man gang with Slick defeats Bam Bam Bigelow face edition with Oliver Humperdinck and all this, that shit. This Angry is, ref. This is the especially bad, like, man, Bam Bam's got a bad manager. He's doing cartwheels. He looks like an idiot. He gets counted out while he's on the ring apron. He's way too happy. Yeah. Like, I, I hate all of this. Then we have... A horribly long, boring draw. You'd th- on paper it sounds good because everyone knows of their feud and the Cheryl right. Roberts thing. But this is before all that. Jake Roberts and Rick Rude have a agonizingly long fifteen minute time limit draw. Now this is just like that thing at the Wrestling Classic with Wonderful and somebody else, Tito. Right? Tito that yeah. was like super long. Yes, this is not good, folks. It's- really bad and the only good thing is commentary the only good thing to say it might be one of the worst matches on the whole show because you're you're getting used to these like quick shortish matches you know they're bad but they're not that bad right but this thing just drags on awful now we have a non-tournament match quinn Mm -hmm. the ultimate warrior and hercules have been feuding over like who broke the chain first or something no there's not like a lot of punching from hercules Stinks. Yeah, the Ultimate Warrior is garbage at this point. He is. Like, he is nothing. He is not good, and Hercules is not in a position to be carrying him to anything decent. Especially not at WrestleMania. No. So, so far, Joe, we've had the first round of Battle Royal in the singles match, and nothing is good so far. Other and that's than maybe, eight matches. Like, Savage, like, kind of gloriously beating Butch Reed. You know, he's yeah. Savage face is kind of fun or but whatever. I don't mind uh, Valentine's Steamboat as a match. It's fine. It's a watchable, good little match, but nothing good so far, really. I think the result to that is so poor that it's like... It's <laughs> you just, hate the Valentine I just, one. I don't understand. Like, they had the, the... The writing was on the wall here. The tournament bracket was perfect. Ricky Steamboat versus Randy Savage yeah. 2 yeah. at WrestleMania. Well, Greg Valentine won. I mean, that's... He, he beat him. It's just shit. He was the better man. It's very shitty. Greg Hammertime. No one wants to see Greg Valentine <laughs> already looking like a mom at a <laughs> soccer game. Like, fight Randy Savage. Uh, Andre the Giant finally clashes with Hulk Hogan again here, uh, which on the VHS version, they clip the... T- remember, it's two tapes? Yeah, two tapes. It's in the middle of the tape where you have to switch tapes. Like, Why would the- they not do that before... <laughs> This. I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand. This is crappy. It's five minutes. It's not memorable. It's nothing like the WrestleMania three like memorable encounter. It's, and it's like, Hulk Hogan's like a big cheater in it. Yeah, because here's what happens, right? Hogan uses the chair first, right? Then but, Andre uses but it. God forbid we <laughs> right. disqualify Hogan only. Right. Like it's such crap. So Andre takes a chair from him and uses it, and Joey Morella, I think, was the ref, disqualifies them both. Unfair. Bullshit. Andre was have they, robbed. Have they watched any of the previous, like, rounds? Like, for example, Dino Bravo, he did something right. bad first. Yeah, like, you get DQ'd. Right. It's whoever does it first. You don't it, wait for the other guy to do it. It's garbage. Now, if they each hit each other with chairs at the same time, fine. Then yeah. we're talking. But Hogan, use the chair! Dropped Andre right across the back. He still couldn't drop the giant with a chair. And Morella should disqualify Hogan. Second round here, Teddy DiBiase rather easily defeats Don Morocco. That's fine with me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this was the furthest Morocco was going to go. <laughs> yeah. Greg Valentine gets beat by Randy Savage again rather easily. Who cares? Yeah, Savage with outfit number two, two I believe. Yeah. Yep. Now, Brutus Beefcake mm-hmm. faces the Honky Tonk Man in a much hyped match for the Intercontinental title. This will be the new champion. <laughs> this is the match for where, a package. yeah. <laughs> this, this is the one package we yeah. keep bringing up. Brutus, this is incredible. What a package. What is yeah. this, fishnet? Oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. You don't get this on the boardwalk yeah. and all that <laughs> shit. Brutus, this is incredible. What a package. Where do you buy these clothes? Where do you get something like this? What is that, fishnet? You oh, don't oh, get oh, these oh, down oh. on the boardwalk, brother. It's beefcake. 
It's Brutus the Barber Beefcake. It's Brutus the Barber Beefcake. All that garbage. Yep. Peggy Sue's there. Sherry Martell. Jimmy yep. Hart's there. Uh, Jimmy it's, Corderas gets knocked unconscious by the megaphone. Right. Yep. It's it, it's the match you all remember. It's the yeah, match that you all wake up when you fall asleep from the first two rounds. <laughs> and you wake up in the middle of this. And you're like, what is this shit? And, and then you go back to sleep. Yep. And Beefcake doesn't even win the big one. By yeah. DQ, he beats Honky Tonk Man. He then wasn't we, the new champion. He was not. The Islanders, Haku and Tama, who I happen to like, but not here. Well, this is so. This is part of the whole get well Matilda storyline. Yeah, the world was waiting for this to get blown off, Quinn. Now, good thing um, Craig Maravini did that like <laughs> ace reporting before this because we wouldn't have had this match if it wasn't for his journalistic integrity. That's or right. Oh, Bobby Heenan, Bobby Heenan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he it's sounds true. like shit at WrestleMania yeah. Four. Also, by the way, if I could, Mr. Heenan, we got, we got a word that there was yeah, something pertaining to your WrestleMania match, something obviously significant being delivered. We just want to know what's in the box, if you could. Thank you, Mr. Heenan. Anyway, Bobby Heenan has a stupid-looking dog suit, so Matilda right. can't bite him. Matilda doesn't even try to bite him anyway. She's Matilda like, isn't that kind of dog. <laughs> she's, she's like a like, friendly little bulldog. She's like short. She's like a. I know she's a bulldog, but she's more like a lap dog. Yeah, she's happy and like fat. Yeah, she's just she's nice, you know. Like yes. The the funny thing though is that Bobby acts like he's like the smartest fucking thing when he comes the to the suit. When he comes to the ring and he's like pointing to his head, yep. but he looks like a complete idiot. He looks like, so dumb. He's which like, is great. I'm smarter than everyone right. as he's wearing the dumbest looking. Outfit ever. <laughs> the best part is that Bobby and the Islanders actually defeat the British Bulldogs and Coco Beware now, by by pinfall. Bobby yeah, pins Coco. I at think at this fucking point, the British Bulldogs. What the hell happened? Yeah, they like, were doing nothing here. Yeah. They're doing a dog storyline. Buzz your girlfriend. Woof. That's not a good sign. Pretty bad. I mean, think of other people that have done dog storylines. Big Boss Man, yeah, Al no, Snow. It never works out, it never really. never works out. And this was a sad way to see uh, the Dynamite Kid in his last WrestleMania appearance. Yeah, it's pretty poor. Now, we yes. head to the semifinal show, and just so everyone knows, there's only one semifinal match, because nice and conveniently, they yeah. figured out how to get DiBiase to the finals without having to do a round. That's correct. It's this is always their time-saving measure, yes. generally. They usually have a buy or two. In this yeah. case, Hogan and Andre had a DQ, and so did uh, the draw between Rude and Robert, so there were two buys. Yeah. One for DiBiase, one for Gang. So Gang is here all the way to the semis. He wrestled one time. Now, if I recall, this is the match where, first of all, Slick has the construction hat on. Yeah, I believe Second so. Second of all, he gives the cane to Gang, and he, like, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. He tries to, like, smush Randy Savage. Oh, it's a and horrible keeps, cane shot. He keeps missing, and then, like, he just, the ref just sees him doing it, and yeah, he's like, why are the heels so dumb yeah, in this tournament? Right. Like, why would you do that? First of all, you're, like, deep into the tournament, right? You have a bye. You're way bigger than this guy. Right, Like, right. why is this, like, the way to beat him? Unless DiBiase pays the slickster to try to injure savage that's stupid because why wouldn't he just pay the slickster to have gang like roll over against oh that's true good point against in the finals yeah. right oh good point there right it'd be way better to do that i remember this match mostly for the hug like slick and gang are having a hug after yeah. the match and then oh, like yeah. savage just falls on top of them Double to the top axe yeah. or something and they like fall over <laughs> that like, is kind like, of funny big goofs <laughs> so savage is going to the finals to meet dibiase but before we have all that we have the uh, the coming out party for the demolition here. The tag team champions are strike force, Quintito and Rick. Right. By this point in the show, Gorilla and Jesse are extremely bored. And tired, I bet. Yeah. Right. And when this happens, Joe, it doesn't feel like there's only one match left. Right. Like, it feels like, oh, God, what there's are we going to be here more. for, like, four more hours? Right. Like, yeah. that's, what it, that's what it feels like, even it though there's only one more match. 
No, it's uh, this in the finals. And Demolition, now the challengers, they have Fuji. They're heels. They're cool. And Strike Force, they're not. The Atlantic <laughs> City crowd, zero reaction for Strike Force. Right. And this, zero. This is the point in the show where you realize, like, this isn't a good WrestleMania. No, I know. Yeah. Oh, there it is. The champions are about to make their appearance. Who cares? Now, Demolition gets a big face pop for beating the shit out of Strike Force. <laughs> no one wants to see them win. Because they look stupid. Uh, and Demolition wins with yeah. the help of Fuji's Kane. They are the new tag team champions to a big pop. Uh, Gorilla and Jesse remark about if their outfits are legal. Yeah, that's we're this. For, we've been wearing it for months. Yep, that whole thing. We got new tag champs, so at least something notable happened. And then in the finals, hours into this WrestleMania, you know, Randy Savage meets Ted DiBiase. And we're all tired here by this point, if you make it this far into the show. Yep. Teddy Biasi and Savage have a good enough match where Elizabeth goes back and gets Hulk Hogan. You know, like the whole thing, the mega powers yep. thing all over again. He's got red pants oh, on. Oh, Randy! He's got red pants on, Hogan does. And he, like, does the point. Yep. And he, he gets the chair and he sits it down and he's like, I'm gonna watch! He's a big idiot. Of course, he has to get all involved. It's yep. like Randy Savage's big moment. Yep. You know, you get ruin that. Nice elbow off the top rope to win the title and all that, yeah. but Hogan, of course, is immediately in the ring posturing with them and celebrating, it's and it's so just stupid. It's great to see Savage win the big title. Oh, a flying elbow! Hooks the leg! It's over! We have a new champion! Listen, if you watch the show, by the time you make it to here, it is exhausting. And I love it for the commentary. It's an easy listen, but it's an easy listen if you're laying in bed with your eyes closed. I'm exhausted just talking so about it. So am I. It's long. So that's WrestleMania 4. Let's go to ranking time here as we put these two uh, into the mix, Quinn. To give you a quick rundown, number one, the worst is two, then 32, nine, and then 13. Quinn, where do you think WrestleMania 15 belongs in the discussion here? Hmm. Is it worse than nine? I think it's... I think it's worse mm. than nine. Ye- it's not really I good. I think it's a little worse than nine. And I you don't like nine, for the record. I don't like nine. It's slightly worse. Because, like you said, that whole all that Triple H stuff is confusing. <laughs> it's confusing the... Look, the, the butter main, bean. <laughs> the main event's good, Austin Rock. But the thing is, is that it wasn't that good and they had better main events. Right. I think the main event, you're right, is like very disappointing. I will say that... I did sort of like that the swerve thing made sense with Shane and X-Pac at that point. And yeah. like, I, to me, that's the only thing that's like somewhat intriguing because you, you realize what the Triple H China turn meant. And I thought that was clever. I guess, like, but is that the time to be doing this? Is the only problem I have with this. Like, it like, deserves to be like on a raw, like yeah. a big storyline point instead of like at the finishing point yeah. that is WrestleMania. It, like, just, it, it's, it seems out of place, right? It seems yes. like if that happened on a raw night, like they did that, like triple, like the match kind of thing, right? Like later in the card, right? You, you, what you're saying is like that would have been like, oh man, what a cool raw. Like it ended, right. the, the episode ends with that Shane McMahon versus X Pac match. And, that would be different. That'd be like, oh, that would be such a memorable Monday Night Raw. Yeah, but here it just was, was just weird. Uh, the Intercontinental title match, I think, at 9 is better. Tatanka Sean is better than that Road Dog thing. I think the Undertaker match is better at 9 because it's shorter. It's the only reason. It's 3 minutes at 9, and it's like, I don't know, 10 well, here I against think just Boss anything Man. that's not a hanging, that's definitely worse. The tag team match, not the title match, but the tag team match of uh, Steiners versus uh, Head Shrinkers is very good. Man, no, the 93 Defense Force, Joe. It's better! Listen, I'm going <laughs> to... Well, what position is nine at right now? Number three. What's above it? Two and... 32. 
32. I can't put 15. Uh, I can't say. Well, 15 is. Is it worse than 32? No. You think two is really worse than 15? Actually, now that I think about it, I mean, 15 is shitty, Quinn. <laughs> I the don't only know. really good two thing. Two is a piece of crap, Joe. Yeah, but the only good thing about 15 is Austin Rock. That's it. There yeah. is nothing good about 15. There's nothing good about two at all, Joe. Bulldogs Dream Team. Let's. It is good. It's okay. What? Two is not as bad as... No, 15 is the worst. That's no, it. I, no, yeah, no, no, Yes, it is. Wait a minute. Are wait you a serious? The three locations? Yeah, but at least it's... Shit, Copic! <laughs> at least it keeps it fresh. Uncle Elmer? No. Butterbean? I don't care. Tori? You can't... No, two... Johnny Grunge! Two is a piece of no, crap. No, no. 15 is worse. No, no, no. No. I would say, actually, 15 is better slightly than 32. Better than 32? I think it's like number three. How is it better than 32? It just is. What? Remember how we were talking about this? Like, <sighs> the storylines don't make any sense. And, like, Triple H. And- 1999, nothing makes sense. Listen. All right, I'll tell you what. Listen, this is WrestleMania 15, right? We're talking about Triple H here. Yeah. 32 was what? 2016? We're talking about fucking Triple H over and there. And Shane McMahon. Yeah, and Shane McMahon. <laughs> They're both, they both wrestled at 32 this. 32 has to be worse. Okay, I'll tell you what. Since I know I'm not going to be able to convince you here to put it at the worst I above can't two. I put this at one. You really think two is worse than 15? Yes. What? No, because... I, Which one would you rather rewatch? I, I, am gen- I was genuinely intrigued No, you weren't. By the I don't believe a triplet. word you're no, saying. No, I really was. Yeah, you were 13. It's still... I just... I have that memory of being, like, really sucked into it. And I, ha- I have to admit, it was, like, interesting. Michael Cole's on commentary, though, Quinn. Like, Except the main event. The only thing... That I can match up to that, which is kind of funny, is mm. like the nine interesting stuff that's going on, with Mr. Perfect in the backstage, which leads to the rest of yeah. the ten thing. Leave like that, that I'm just saying that moment is like that, that's like to me side by side with that WrestleMania nine. That's why they, they seem to like yeah. go one to one together. But I think nine and thirteen are safe here. This is between fifteen and thirty two and two. I don't think it's gonna I, I fifteen is it not up. better than ma- two. How is it better than WrestleMania two? <laughs> two What do you mean? Listen. Two is one of the sucks. most massive disappointments. To so me. is fifteen, though. Yeah, but fifteen, Quinn. It, it's still like Road Dog ex- Intercontinental Champion. Let's not say it's acceptable. It's let's not. just say like two is such a like massive failure to me. Like, fifteen is shit. It has Bart Gun and Butterbean. <laughs> what do you yeah, mean? But that's really funny. Like, yeah, but there's to... a lot of shit at two that's funny. Yeah, but two Herb. Okay, so you know what's ups- you know what's upsetting that I just realized they what? both have a fucking boxing match at <laughs> <laughs> And the boxing match at two blows. Oh, God, it is awful, so, Quinn. Wait, maybe fifteen is better. It's not. <laughs> you are only defending because it's older. No, like, that's literally no, your only no, defense for two. No, it just is like, oh, I saw it a lot. Like that's like what you're saying. Though. I am not saying that. I'm just saying I think it's a more fun show to watch. I disagree. Two stinks. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but it's fifteen. I never watch two because I want to. Let's put it. You down. ever watch fifteen because you want to? No, no, but I, this no. is the flush. Like here's yeah. the like I don't want to watch any of these WrestleManias really. Which one would you rather watch? Well, you just watched two. I guess that's unfair. Yeah, exactly. What, after do you want to go rushing to watch 15 now? Yeah, I'll just say it. After watching two again, I'm like, geez, I don't know if I ever want to watch that show again. It's pretty bad. <sighs> I'm not going to convince you. And this isn't Rushmore and Death Valley where that's as important. You know, we just have to come to a consensus yeah, here. Yeah, I just... Can we put it at number two then? I, it's worse it's, than 32. Wow, you're really going to... Ele- I feel weird elevating 32, but okay. 
It's worse than 30. Well, it's not. That's the thing. But so how do we how do we make a case for 15 versus 32 in all seriousness? I don't know. <laughs> WrestleMania 9 is like the safe line at this point. Yeah, WrestleMania 9 is like the Mendoza line. Yeah, basically. Like, it's fine. Like, 9 is fine. 13 is <laughs> fine. Like, they're acceptable. I guess it could go either way, right? 15 or 32. Here's the thing. The yeah. reason why I know it's above 32 is because... Only because Shane and Triple H the wrestle Shane, at both. The Shane-Triple H thing, right? So does Undertaker. Nothing really happens at 32. It's just really long and terrible. This at least, like, yeah, something I mean, happens. Tri- it's what like happens? The swerve with the with Will the you Triple stop H with that? No one... That's not good. Big Boss Man gets hung. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Stone Cold wins the title. So? I mean, that's... He won it the year before. I'm sure there's some people that that's notable, too. Uh, no though. one. What do you mean, no, no one? No one cared about that. Maybe it's just me. I'm yeah. speaking for just myself there. Well, you just didn't like that, but... Did I, you care? I did at the time. All right. You want to put it as slightly better than WrestleMania 32 is what you're telling yeah, so me? so number three. Number three. Okay, for number three, WrestleMania 15, that'll shove nine down and yeah. 13 down. And people have made good points on the boards about, like, if you... If, that we didn't, like, really notice, but... What? Like, at 32, a lot of the booking decisions make no sense. Like, the I know. AJ Styles beating or losing to Chris Jericho. Oh, thing. you know what? Like, that that alone yeah, is like, enough. You know That's what I'm okay. saying? Like, and, yeah. and the fact that Undertaker fought Shane McMahon. Yeah, there... That's enough. The You're right. The thing you can say about 15, even though it's a shit story, it really at least is. the story makes sense. Mm. Yeah, all right. Like, that, Fine. You know what I mean? At least the right guy won in the main event and it was over right, and yeah. great. Four now. This is a tricky one. Because I love four. I know it's bad, though, so I'm going to be objective... Okay. Where the hell do we put four here? Okay, I think it's worse than 13. Why is it worse than 13? Because, because it's so long. Like, for no okay. reason. And it's a bunch of shit matches. It doesn't have that one hot match the way 13 does. Right. Which is Brett Austin. Brett Austin is the only thing keeping 13, like, at the bottom right now. Right, it's true. That makes a lot of sense for a flush, though. Is that, like, yeah. it has a really good match on it that it might really put it above everything else. Right. Because right. we went through all these matches, right, Joe? Yes, we went through everything. Now, you're defending the Greg Bowne, Hammer Time, Ricky Steamboat thing. All I said is that's the best match of WrestleMania 4. It's not an all-timer that's, or anything. And it's not that good, either. It's okay. It's like a three-star match or something, if you want to use the scale. It's not amazing. Yeah. But it's the only really good wrestling match and the only really big moments there. The Hogan thing is really disappointing. <clears throat> Horrible. Also, Hogan, like, shitting on Savage's parade. Hogan, I mean, uh, Savage DiBiase is not that great, either. They had much better matches later. Now, the only thing I will say that it's got going for it is that, yes, it's bad, but it's got that, like, WrestleMania 6 factor where it's, like, somewhat entertaining. That's the thing. Like, That's but, why I like it. But here's the problem is, like, whereas 6 is not as long. I and think it's cohesive. It's cohesive. This is too long, and it's, like, they're trying to stretch their entertainingness, yeah. like, a little too far. You know, the other thing, Quinn, is that WrestleMania 4's crowd is really bad. Oh, they're terrible. It's the worst crowd of any of these. What is above 13 right now? Nine. I think nine might be better than than four. The only problem is that nine, you know how we were just talking about rewatchability? Yeah. I don't know what it is about four. It's hideous. Yeah. It's more rewatchable. That's because if you don't look for good matches and you just want, like, something to, to pass your time, basically. And yeah. Gorilla and Jess are really good during it. Right. They make it fun. I see. I we're. I feel like are the we promos like, are where fun. Where are we in this list? Are we like at the halfway point or whatever? Yeah. Because like I haven't decided right now. Like as far as this list is concerned, 
does rewatchability matter? Or are we like going like straight up like no? I think uh, rewatchability. If you're gonna rank something, I mean, I think all uh, holistic, right? But I'm saying rewatch rewatchability has lost out in a lot of cases, like fifteen, like two, for example, right? Yeah, like and, two, and thirty-two and fifteen. Yeah, it's like rewatchability. Yeah, it's there, but if the show sucks ball sack, right? It's like it's like it doesn't matter. That's the thing, though. I think that's part of it. I think I think all factors are considered. Four doesn't have one outstanding match on it the way 13 does no. nine doesn't really either though the shrinkers and steiners is probably the best match i gotta say this i would rather go to four than nine really like, why is that because of the commentary probably the flow i hate of the it? location i i hate all of, of nine what about four i don't know why Quinn, like, that place is in a cigar box <laughs> there's just something about it it's that long ramp thing and it's inside it's not in a parking lot i, I yeah but still looks like <laughs> shit i think the wrestlemania 9 the look of it is i way, love it way i love it i think it's fantastic <laughs> it's, it's different i think people it's are fresh. really overstating get out of here like, amazing the, the the arena is on that one get out of here it's a fucking parking that's lot that's why it's so good they and made the small. best of nothing well, it's the same size crowd as uh, WrestleMania 4. 4 looks bigger to me for some reason. 4 looks dirtier to me. It does look dirtier. Both events end the show with Hogan and Red Here's Pants. Here's the thing, though. Red f- Pants, Hogan ends both shows. <laughs> yeah, true. At 4, yeah. at least they embrace the location in a way that's like interesting with the casino theme going on. By 5, they don't. They like ignore that. Yeah, kind but, of. But at 9... Yes, they're embracing location, but at the same time, it's also they're kind of lying about the location because they're acting like it's a palace when it's really just a fucking casino parking lot. What's your point? It's, it's I, wrestling. Four is a little more built on, on lies. Four is a little more honest. Oh, get it? No, because they call it Trump Plaza, but it's not. It's well, the Atlantic City Convention Center. It, I think it officially was called that, though. No, right? no, like, Trump <laughs> sponsored it. Oh, okay. It, it's just in a hall. It's in Convention Hall. Right. Anyhow, location notwithstanding, commentary four, right? Four. Yeah, that's true. Historical mm-hmm. impact for four. Here's the thing. I think this is the bottom line. Okay, so four cold. is going to be above nine. I think I hear where you're going. Go ahead. The decline, the WrestleMania nine, like reeking of decline all the way through, is like a real yeah. hamper on the show. Yeah, some hamp. It is. It is yeah, very yeah, hamp. There's some hamp going on. You, you know what? You have to admit, I love four and nine, so it's not really that hard for me to have to put one above the other. I think four gets a nod in terms of historical significance. Right. Uh, I think they're both pretty bad shows, and I love them both. So I'll put four as better than nine. So that'll go below WrestleMania nine. Are we in agreement, Quinn? That'll do it? Yeah, let's do that. All right. So what we've got here for Royal Flush is number one, WrestleMania 2. Number two, WrestleMania 32. Newcomer, number three, WrestleMania 15. Number four, WrestleMania 9. Newcomer, WrestleMania 4 at number five. And holding down the fourth there, the best of the worst is WrestleMania 13. Folks, that is the Royal Flush. Please let us know yours. You can do this that on Twitter at the OVP Podcast. You can email us or you can join the group of Quinn. When we come back, we are going to do the last... Last ever All-American Wrestling. I don't know why, but we're going to do it. I Just why? I don't know. It's coming up, folks, right after this. That dog was a very nice pet, and she was treated just like, like a child by the British Bulldogs. Well, why shouldn't she be treated like a child? They got minds like a child. That dog was an attack dog. That dog is rabid. That dog went for me. What do you do, kick her? I didn't kick her. I don't like dogs anyway. I don't like Let's cats. I don't like birds. Coco Beware is going to be in the sixth man tag. He's got a bird. That's right. Yeah, that, yeah, Frankie just might wind up in a bag of shake and bake when I'm done. 
So you look at it that way. Anybody that has a dog or something, think about it. You talk to the dog, you talk to the puppy, you let him sleep in the bed, but you don't give him prime rib, do you? Oh, no. You give him hard little rock candy or hard little dog food and a pail of water. Then he makes a mess all over the house. You have to walk him at 3 in the morning. That's fun having a pet, isn't it? You want something that hangs around the house and makes a mess? You can have an Oakland. And now, back to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, here on episode number 125. Quinn, before we get into a really wonderful show... uh, Stop. Just no. I want want to shout out a few friends of the show. They are other independent wrestling podcasts. There's three that we want to shout out for you. There's the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, hosted by two guys that actually have worked in the wrestling business. One of them was at the G1 Supercard a couple of weeks back at MSG. Unretired? No, no. I'm talking, of course, about the Wine City Weller, Brian McGonis. Oh, that one. Yeah, Yeah, he was there. Oh, he's the the man over there in G1 land. Crockett was there too, but not working, obviously. Just there yeah. as a fan. Uh, so I see. Mike Crockett is a retired referee. He hosts the show with uh, the Wine City Whaler, or the Brawler, I guess, if you want to be technical, Brian Malonis. Now, recently on their show, did you hear um, Wine City Whaler admitted that that's his name? Oh, yes, he absolutely did, folks. So he there is you the go. Wine City Whaler. I pulled it off. You have, Quinn. You finally did it. Uh, but check out their show. They have a great show. They bring their perspective as guys that have worked in the business. They bring that to their show. They'll talk a little current, a little retro perspective in interviews. It is the wrestling podcast about nothing check those guys out and also check out on thursday it's quinn it is critically acclaimed all the critics all of them they're all really talking about it yes it's it's pretty ridiculous actually one man pd winson hosts greetings from allentown quinn and it is just a marvelous show yep the the atlantic podcast section gives it up five atlantic votes oh wow that's really nice that's how they rate things that's really good what he does is he uses an old episode of wrestling as a backdrop for his asides and anecdotes and rants and things like that. It's it's kind of about the wrestling, but it's more about Petey Winston and his mind. Yeah, you, you go into the mind about feeding cats medicine. Yeah, and, you baseball. Know, Boston Bruins. Stuff like, like that. like that. Don it, Kittle. Ron, <laughs> Ron Kittle. Whatever his name is. It's a really quirky, unique, fun show that takes a look at old wrestling. It's called Greetings from Allentown, so you should check that one out. And also check out, if you like your retro wrestling, Deep Fried! Check out our Southern Fried Brethren. It is booking the territory with Mike Mills, and they have two shows. There is the NWA Crockett era, and they're actually about in 88, just about 1988 right now. And they also do a show on Smoky Mountain Wrestling. They are the unprofessional wrestling podcast, and they keep it real classy. It is Mike Mills and booking the territory. So again, our three friends of the show, check them out, give them some love. It is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Greetings from Allentown and Book in the Territory. But Quinn, I made you review something with me this week. Yep, and it was uh, exhausting. Yeah, this was tough. This was uh, my pick, folks, so you can blame me for this one. It is uh, it's the last ever WWF All-American Wrestling. Now, what was All-American Wrestling? Well, it started in 1983 when Vince McMahon bought the Southwest or Southeastern Championship Wrestling time slot and started airing his own program on there in the summer of 1983. As he usually does. As he likes to do. It initially had some clips from other promotions very briefly before it became strictly the WF show, of course. Right. I'm sure, you know, once Vince got his paws on it, we got to see some great Dick Murdoch matches. And yeah, probably. Garbage like that. <laughs> Tony Gurria. Yeah. And it became by the mid-80s and all the way really until the end of 1993, the Gene Okerlund show. 
Right. So it was Gene in the studio um, with Kerwin and stuff, and they would, you know... Kevin make, Dunn sometimes, Kevin right? Kevin Dunn, and they would just make wise Alec remarks as wise they like, threw the matches. Right. So basically what it was is Gene would be in the control room, sometimes with a, a guest host, right? Right. The premise of All-American by this point, by the mid-80s into the 90s, was not to really give you too much that was new. Occasionally there'd be a feature match, like an yeah. exclusive, but it would generally recap the goings-on in the World Wrestling Federation. Yeah, like, here's what happened like yesterday on Superstars. Correct. Like that right. shit. And then in 93, it actually became the Gene Oakland and Bobby Heenan, like, allegedly traveling to places. Yeah, traveling in front of the green screen right. across America. And Bobby had, like, the shitty jacket the whole time. Yeah, it was also the, like, let's crap on Bobby show. It, it really, uh, to me, it really helped support the uh, Bobby is poor angle that was throughout all of uh, 93. That's 93. right, in, in Penny Levin's article on WDF yeah. Magazine yeah. in 93. But regardless of that, uh, by the time Gene Okerlund left, it was taken over by Gorilla Monsoon. Well, I think Vince sometimes, but Gorilla Monsoon and Johnny Polo hosted it into 94. Right, and that's the just we're fucking around. Era, oh yeah, they're but, funny together. Yeah, they're just goofing. It's almost like a primetime redo, right. you know, with the two of them. Uh, but then we won't spoil the host for this one. But in the summer of '94, once uh, Joey Morella died and Gorilla took time off from the show, uh, we had two more hosts, the final two hosts of the show, who we're going to meet in one second here. But let's be <sighs> honest here: by October of '94. I was already watching wrestling, and I didn't even know this show was on. I don't know why it needed to exist. Right. Like, and, and that's not like me making a joke. Like, no. There's literally like no reason why this is on the air. Because all it is is recapping stuff that you've already seen. The day before, no less. Which is already what WWF Mania was doing. Right. Like, literally Mania. How many recap shows right. you need for one hour of wrestling a week or whatever it is? Correct. So what they did, actually, is the following week on October 23rd was the debut of Action Zone, which we'll talk more about later. An action zone ran for a couple of years, and it too very quickly became a recap show, much in the vein of All American. But Quinn, let's get right into it. And they actually have a cold open of the first ever All American, yeah. August twenty fourth, nineteen eighty three. As Vince and his bad like seventies style hair welcome us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to All American Wrestling. My name is Vince McMahon, reporting this week, without a doubt, on one of the most phenomenal athletes to ever don the tights. Yeah, 19... Jeez, I forgot how old this show was. Right? We're talking... God, just to give you some perspective, folks, the 1982s we're reviewing right this second, Yeah, right? we're in October. We're in October, which means we're really close to where <laughs> this is. Yeah, we're not even a year from it. Right. That's absurd. That's how long this show was on, yeah. and it was never, ever a prominent show. It's just weird no, that it, it ran for so long. It's really bizarre. So we then transition to the modern-day logo and a close-up of a cardboard sign on the set saying, Pardon our construction. Now, that's going to be a recurring theme of the set being taken I down. <laughs> it's horrible. And our host here, Quinn, is a Toddster with a purple blazer, a black t-shirt, and jeans. How's everybody? doing Todd Pettengill, the final episode of WWF All-American Wrestling. He makes fun of Vince's jacket in the last game. Did he look at his own jacket? He looks like an idiot. Oh, God. Todd is insufferable here. And he doesn't <laughs> it's know. some of the worst Todd you're going to find. Is. Like, he doesn't. It, it's, bad. it's bad. It's bad. It's horrible. <laughs> he doesn't know where his regular co-host Ted DiBiase is, but at least a million dollar belt is present on the set there. So anyway, some guy behind Todd is hammering like a fake plant or something. Looks like Roddy Piper. Kind of, right? Like, he's even got an accent and everything. Oh, yeah. He's got an Irish accent. And Todd promises some clips of the past 11 years. We'll see how that goes. So apparently the guy's name that's hammering the fake plant and taking down the set, his name is Ian, and Todd invites him to sit in DiBiase's chair. All super, super Irish. Hello, like, lad. Yeah, 
yeah, you very know, like, over the, the top. Whole, ridiculous. There's no way, first of all, that he talks like no, that. No, no way. How you doing, Ian? Hola, son. How uh, are you? Good. You got to yell at Ian. He's a little deaf. Ian, hey. come on over and sit down. Uh, apparently, yeah, he's here to take the whole set down as DiBiase storms in, throws Ian off the set. DiBiase, by the way, is in his, like, shiny windbreaker, the swishy pants phase. <laughs> Shitty windbreaker. <laughs> oh, I that, hate this. That's always the sign of, like, DiBiase declining as the windbreaker. Everything about this is declined. Yeah. I won't get into it. <laughs> Quinn can't contain himself. Uh, Todd says that the new studio here is going to be used for the live event news set, by the way. And DiBiase tries to say that the old one will be in the WWF Hall of Fame. That isn't even a place! <laughs> Still! It's not an actual place, I hope right? They, I, hope, I hope they follow through with this All-American when right. they finally, like, whatever they're going to build in Florida or whatever they're talking about, mm-hmm. they're always talking about that this set makes it in there. Yeah, sure it will. <laughs> they, well, they kept it, right? <laughs> That's true. An odd camera angle reveals the previous All-American set, the one that Gorilla and Polo used, right behind this, like, DiBiase era one, and I don't know if that was intentional or just, like, they fucked up. I didn't even, like, notice Yeah, that. I was caught it, it for a second. Was it... it was, like, 10 seconds okay. or so. But anyway, I'm also 99.99% sure that this is the exact same studio used to film primetime from 88 to 92. or whatever. (laughs) Right, right. Anyway, Ian leaves with the fake plant as DiBiase mentions that he's trying to get a hold of Rod Pert, the head of the USA Network. And what was that drop? Well, apparently, like, DiBiase's all upset that the show is ending because he's on it and he's not going to be on Action Zone. So who cares? Good for him. Like, <laughs> yeah, isn't that why would you want to be on this garbage? <laughs> DiBiase also warns us that he was able to secure Tatanka to be on the very first episode of Action Zone next week. Is that so. like a good thing? <laughs> like, Action Zone sucks. <laughs> so DiBiase's beeper goes off and he says that it's his accountant, which, uh, Quinn, wouldn't his accountant be IRS? Uh, yeah, probably. How did they not put that together? That was like an easy reference well, to maybe, make. Maybe he was like... It's on the DL, you know? Oh, uh, okay. We don't want to reveal too much. I mean, I don't think we're ever going to see Ted's taxes. So. Oh, no. Well, we won't see a lot of people's taxes yeah, going at this I'm just rate. Saying. So anyway, Todd runs down what we have in store today for the final All-American, folks. Check out this lineup. We got Yoko <laughs> Zuna in action. Can you say it with the doc voice? We got Yoko Zuna! We got Yoko- well, I can do it in the tub. We got yeah. Yoko Zuna! Yeah. <laughs> Doink and Dink and maybe someone else! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> We've got Arnold Skoland coming yeah. up. And he mentions Kurt Gowdy, who is a great baseball announcer, and Ken Coleman. And he mentions Burt Reynolds. But don't worry, we'll get to all of oh, that. that. That actually is a thing. So Teddy Biasi accuses Todd of being all happy that the show is ending. Well, I, I mean... I don't blame him. I don't blame him <laughs> yeah. either. We clipped a wrestling challenge this past weekend where the smoking guns enter. And they're announced, Quinn, by your favorite, Bill Dunn. Very <laughs> proudly announcing this. This contest <laughs> is scheduled for one fall. The Smoking Guns! You know how he is. Yep, he, and he's we- awesome. Billy and Bart Dunn! We've got the high-pitched, like, 94 gorilla in full effect. Ah, the smoking guns here! Ah, there they are! <laughs> well, perhaps there'll be some gold around the way, some smoking guns! That gorilla. Their opponents, Quint, are Barry Horowitz and Canyon. Yes, that Canyon. Chris Canyon, yeah. Who better than Canyon? Who better than Canyon? Mortis Maybe, himself. Like, Mortis teal attire or whatever. <laughs> so we got the dark blue jeans for the smoking guns tonight. 
get in their their shit stashes. Oh, they yep. look like crap. Yeah. Why do they have those? Because these guys are what, like twenty two or something. No, they're they're like, not that young, but twenty eight. They're fairly young, like twenty. Okay, twenty eight. Right? Let's call it twenty eight or so. Maybe they 30. look like they're forty six. Oh like, yeah, the I, mullets and stashes. They don't help. No, not at all. Uh, Gorilla's commentary partner here on Challenge, by the way, was Ted DiBiase. Timmy White is our referee. As Gorilla, unfortunately, unfortunately, brings up. Sioni being added to the head shrinkers. Want to explain this one, Joe? Because it's it's very sad because one of our favorite friends. Uh, Samu, unfortunately, the kayfabe reason is that he had a seafood reaction. Wait, what? <laughs> wait, had, I never knew. Wait, hold he on He had, like, food poisoning. That's the, the kayfabe reaction. Has he ever heard of a guy named Axe? <laughs> How did they... So they add in a third that's member. Gotta be, that's got to be them taking a nudge Maybe. at the, this seashell thing or whatever. Yeah. So Sioni, of course, is the barbarian who was awesome. But in the Head Shrinkers, for whatever reason, it just never clicked. I don't him and ever remember thinking of him. He's a barbarian who's like from like the Middle Ages or something. Like he's yeah. not. He's not like that's supposed islander. to be in the head shrinkers. Yeah, that's stupid. Gorilla's like, see who? Yeah. Anyway, Barry Horowitz and Billy Stardust Horowitz kick some ass for a while here. Gorilla's rather boisterous and into the show, at least. As Vladimir, did you notice him, Quinn, facing hard oh, camera? Oh, Vladimir in the second was row? here. I didn't notice. Yeah, the super fan himself. We get a beautiful Northern Lights by Horowitz, which gets two as he continues to hammer away. As Billy takes over with a hip toss, arm drag, and a power slam. Canyon then tags in and gets power slammed. I have to say, Barry Horowitz was pretty good. He was, yeah, like, wasn't he? I was impressed. And also, like, Canyon's singlet. I just... <laughs> it's horrible. It's, it's hideous. It's, it's like, like teal, right? It's like teal with, like, weird, like, fuck Jerry kind of <laughs> thing going on. Yeah. With it. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but Horowitz did look good here, legitimately. Yeah. He, he did. Yeah, no, he looked okay. And now we cut to an insert promo of Jim Cornette with his heavenly bodies. Uh, this era... I literally don't care. Something, something, Old West, also, like, green screen behind him that's, like, hideous. Yeah. Like, really bad. We mentioned Cornette in the WWF earlier. Yeah. It just didn't work. It's sorry. Terrible. He's yeah. just not. He's I don't care great. What anyone says he's great. Yeah, but it just the heavenly bodies like Get with that angel here. wing suits. Yeah. Remember, horrible, awful. Anyway, Barkinson now gets slammed by Canyon. Mortis goes up top for a moonsault. I love it. The jobbers getting offense going for moonsaults, but of course Bart moves, nails a gut wrench into an overhead backbreaker. Tags and Billy. Billy jumps off the top rope onto Canyon, and they hit that sidewinder move there for the win. I just called it the smoking guns or whatever. Smokeroo, I think. Smokeroo, yeah. whatever. <laughs> I honestly want to say, though, in all seriousness, that was an excellent squash match. It's okay. It was I entertaining. Mean, here's the thing with squash is I always say this, Joe. Why and are they having stick, problems? Yeah, yes. I, they shouldn't have problems with I know, I know. Like, But Horowitz, though, was impressive. Yeah, Horowitz, I couldn't believe the moves that he was pulling out. But the I Northern mean, we, we know him from 1982. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's a veteran in there. He is a veteran by now, we go back to Todd, who's by himself as Ian is working away in the back. By the way, the million dollar bill on display in a room that's falling apart, is this like a metaphor for the decline? Like, it really <laughs> is like, yeah. there's something that bothers me about it. So Todd hypes up some clip, a classical American clip, and he says it's very exciting. So we throw to Lord Alfred Hayes in January of 1985, and you said he had very bad hair. Corey. Very bad hair. And he's talking awkwardly about Blackjack's barbecue, and then that's it. This moment was pure excitement. Then we're going to have Black Jack's barbecue. The barbecue is a part that I've come to admire. I think that would be the word, admire more than anything. I don't 
get what's going on here with these clips. They're horrible, Joe. I know. This one I actually remember seeing on Superstars and stuff. It's a promo package for uh, Brett versus Owen, which is the debut match of Action Zone next week. I remember because I was very into the Brett Owen right, feud. Yeah. So I remember seeing the package, but I didn't know what All-American was. I was just like, oh, there's a new show. Mm-hmm. And anyway, that match was pretty good for the record. Anyway, back to Todd and Ted. As DiBiase pretends that he was just on the phone with Steven Spielberg's people. <sighs> Mentioning the celebrities, like, they think they're so good <laughs> right. here. Like, I just, I, I hate it. They, they sound terrible. Like, they sound like they're just... Pandering. Pandering and, like, Desperate they're just for grasping yep. at straws. And we'll get more into that later. Yeah, oh, there's b- more, believe yeah. it or not. Todd gleefully hypes up Action Zone for next <laughs> week because it's just going to be him and Vince. Yeah, in the typical Vince tradition, Action Zone won't matter for, like, three weeks and then he'll forget it again. <laughs> exists like you know and that's what happens because like like you said brett versus owen like it's big good hot match the first week yep. and then like i'm sure like there's some other thing the next week you're right and then like maybe the third week there's like one last thing but it's like kind of tapering yes off. and by the fourth week they don't give a fuck about that show you, I, and i know you're just like hypothesizing but you're actually right yeah because the following week quinn if i'm not mistaken was that really good Shawn michaels and diesel versus razor and kid match right that everyone loved really good tag team match and then within a couple of weeks it's just the same guy garbage eventually vince leaves and then by 95 it's the glass table glass table exactly and todd yep and so horrible. you're you're absolutely Santa right the doc and all that <laughs> stuff well yeah todd now brings in his special guest for a minute charlie min who <laughs> who is this clown well he's the I, actually i know who it I is know. but the problem is is that that's how i would react to him right. normally it's unfortunate that I know who he yeah, is. Yeah, I know actually. who he is, too. He's the Asian guy, for lack of a better description. Yeah. He's, he's the Asian guy with, like, a New York accent that was part of the WWF for unexplained reasons in 1994. Baggy pants. I don't know what he did. I don't know how long he was there, but it wasn't long. Charlie. Action zone, I can't wait. More action, less Ted. I mean, I mean, I mean what? Let's, let's talk. He's like a Todd friend. You know what I mean. He's like a Todd clone almost. Like he's another yeah. like excited, yappy, like just yeah, idiot. Slick hair yeah. and, and sharp suit for the 90s. Yeah, for the 90s. Uh, we throw to a random Yokozuna match from Superstars this past weekend where Yoko is already in the ring with his opponent, Jason Storm. Vincent King are on commentary, of course. And Timmy White is again the ref. Proudly in an aircraft hangar. Yeah, like very aircraft hangar. Very, here. very You know, the usual where there's like on one side, there's like two two rows of fans and a fucking wall behind them. (laughs) And on some of the camera shots, you can see the heating elements in the (laughs) ceiling. And then the one side's like super long. That's why I always say like aircraft. Yeah, exactly. Yoko with a shove and a stomp, a big clothesline, rock bottom. Well, they are related to him in the rock. (laughs) He pins him with that. It's all over. And the whole point here was to build up Yoko for his big loss to the Undertaker that's coming up at Survivor Series. Mm -hmm. So we we hit the bong here, and Paul Bearer pushes out a casket as Yoko flips out. Double wide casket Remember, bullshit. Like, again? Yeah. Didn't we have this earlier in the we year? It's like Kamala and all that. I know. Like, 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 just enough. enough. I hate it. <laughs> and the lid is open, and Yoko like belly flops onto the apron and runs away, falling down in the aisle. He's running away like a baby. Remember when he was the champ? Yeah. Though? This is what he's reduced to. Yeah, he's like, just, hey, man. Like, he just, <laughs> also, he gets like, did you notice he gets like sucked into the casket? Yes. or something. It like, opens and he like falls into it. What the fuck was that? I don't know. Why is he doing Prattful? When did he become Chevy Chase? What's it's, going it's on here? horrible! No problem. Back to the Toddster and the Tedster who hype up this big casket match at Survivor Series and then Ian storms in and he's measuring their coffee table to see if it's going to fit in his El Camino. You got the El Camino this week? Yeah, no, it's a car, it's a truck, it's a truck, it's a car. I love yeah, those. Oh, it's a great wee thing. It is. 
These jokes. He's yeah. like, oh, it's a truck. It's, it's a truck. It's a car. It's so a, like, bad. What is this? DBS calls him a moron and tells him to get out of here. <laughs> get uh, out of here. We got to oh, just get, get out, out of here. here. I'm up. Get I'm out of here. here. The only comic relief of all people of the whole show is Ted DiBiase. The reason is because DiBiase gives off the the disgust that I'm like thinking while right. I'm watching this. Like yes. he's just reacting to how <laughs> bad this is. Right. Speaking of bad, we now clip to Music City Tonight. What the fuck? From last week. Um, with Paul Bear and The Undertaker, because nothing says country music like The Undertaker, Quinn. Uh, <laughs> they appear to have just stood there for like a minute awkwardly. They look like idiots! What? <laughs> like, what is this? It's so weird. Why were they on it, first of all? It's like, oh, we're going to have our guest, uh, this dead zombie wizard guy. <laughs> and his fat mortician. And, and not, you know, it's not real. <laughs> uh, you know, like, what the, like, how does anyone take wrestling seriously when that's what they send over there? <laughs> right, right. Why not just... Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. <laughs> Bret Hart, maybe. Yeah, but, it, you know. Like, you know, in a country music suit. You know, I like Willie Nelson. You know, I, I'm on Lonesome Dove. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, we get a promo for the Heart Attack House Show Tour. Tonight, it's in Hershey Park. Complete with the CG heart pumping. They spend money on this, folks, yet the set sucks. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> it's like the CG, like, like the heart uh, yeah, pumping right. they've constructed. Uh, you know how long it probably took to render that bullshit? Like, in seriously. 19- for you. Yeah. yeah, a long time. Anyway, for no reason whatsoever, Todd rhymes Sunday with PA. Don't miss it tonight as we spend our Sunday in PA's Hershey Park Arena. Anyway, back to Todd and Ted, where the Toddster displays the Heart Attack Tour t-shirt, which looks like shit. Even Ted DiBiase doesn't care. <laughs> He's like, like, I don't wear t-shirts. He's like, I'm not wearing that garbage. Like, <laughs> Todd's like, oh, I, oh, I it's like... a great shirt, Ted! <laughs> well, no, it's even funnier, because Todd, like, it's almost like he does this, like, I feel bad that he made fun of my t-shirt kind of thing. He's like, oh, well, I bought the... Uh, the I, I thought it was, it was good. I thought it was a good t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. It's like, look at it. Look at it. It's really good. Like, <laughs> So then DiBiase and Penn, you'll have some crappy banter about Hershey <laughs> kisses before Todster throws us to a classic highlight from uh, two months ago, <laughs> literally two months ago, yeah. where Gorilla and Johnny Polo are playing basketball in a gym. Gorilla with the proud Knicks shirt. Hey, he's from Jersey. Like the big Knicks font. Yeah. Like all- Oh Big God. white night shirt. Yeah, it's <laughs> All fat. <Yeah. laughs> it's great. Gorilla not in his normal attire is always funny. Yeah, because like, it's, <laughs> it's also especially like he doesn't care. Yeah. Like he especially doesn't care. Anytime Gorilla's got a t-shirt on, a hat. Hat. Yeah. Anything outside of his normal tux, he yeah. always looks stupid. Anyway, Polo does some like fake edited trick shot. Where he bounces a ball. By the way, Johnny Polo, August '94, still there. Yeah, bounces a ball <laughs> off of a beam, and then it goes like full court. Allegedly, yeah, like a balance beam, folks. <sighs> not like a beam on the ceiling. Yeah, right. Like a balance beam. It makes it into the net. That was thrilling. <laughs> what the fuck are these clips? They're horrible. That was like again two seconds, yep. and it ends with girl like unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, like, and it just like ends <sighs> like no anything. Unbelievable. We get a clip now of a sad kid. Oh, God, this is horrible. Walking onto an empty Little League baseball field while an announcer in the background says that for the first time in 100 years or whatever, there will be no World Series this year. I think that's the Brett kid, I think. He's like a little older and fatter. A uh, dramatic voiceover starts as Randy Savage shows up to play ball with the kid. 
Well, it is Randy Savage, the Babe Ruth of wrestling. That's true. He was he, a baseball he, player. Yeah, he did play baseball. He's also the Babe Ruth of wrestling. And then we hear those iconic words, you know, the catchphrase that everyone remembers. Our season never ends. Are they fucking serious <laughs> with this shit? It's horrible! What is this? What do they have to do with baseball? Well, of course, you know, baseball notoriously went on strike in Just August shut of 94. <laughs> they have no fucking right here. Like, they... Just nothing. Like, they have no... Don't try to insert yourself into the 94 baseball strike. Like, you're really like, man, the kids, like, we're gonna take care of them over here. Like, Randy Savage, who doesn't even wrestle anymore. Like... <laughs> Just, just stop. And then they here they go on about it, Joe. Yeah, they do. We go back to the studio where Todd, of course, has to shoehorn Kurt Gowdy into this whole Horrible. thing. Horrible. Again, a great baseball announcer. Nothing to do with wrestling. Was, <sighs> they brag about like how great this commercial was. I hate this company at this point. <laughs> it's so bad. So then Todd decides to read... The latest USA Today. First of all, USA Today. Yeah, USA Today. Not a hot newspaper. Not even good. Where Michael Highstand wrote an article where he said, and I quote, The WWF has gained moral superiority on our former national pastime. Please stop. Just stop. It's all bad. Enough. They have no right. This company literally is coming off a steroid trial like months ago, not even years, months ago, where like Vince McMahon's in a neck brace trying to avoid prosecution and a shady doctor and like Hulk Hogan on the stand. And they're going on about the moral high ground and baseball. They're they're horrible people for canceling the Fuck you. This guy was thinking about running the company out of a fucking prison with Jerry Jarrett like it's it's the mafia. No, no high ground. No, nothing. Get the hell out of here. Just stop. I know. I like it. They're like WWF. We're better than the sports, but actually, no, wait, we're not sports. We're not even wrestling or anything like that. We're not even athletics. But hey, look, one dork said that we're better than baseball. Horrible. I hate it. Meanwhile, Ian almost damages the million dollar bell. I mean, this is, you know, that's horrible, Quinn. You can't be doing that. TPS is disgusted with this whole show as I am at this point. <laughs> like, like half the rest of the show, Joe, like, I wish people could see what I'm even doing with my hands, but he's like putting his hand on his head, just like he's pissed. rubbing, like looking down. He's not even looking at the camera he's anymore. He's just like, this is just the worst. <laughs> you idiot. I didn't do that. You let him move what he's supposed to move? You don't touch my belt. He's going to take my belt off and pack it in his elk. You broke the class, you idiot. So Todd recaps Raw last Monday where we see uh, Queasy making his debut. Uh, Got a lovely 94. We just come off that horrible, just absolutely inexcusable baseball thing. And then they just slap a midget on the screen Ah. and like just like look how look how upstanding we are. (sighs) We're really standing tall above the competition here. (laughs) Promotional consideration is paid for by Electronic Hot Shot Basketball. Yeah, I definitely had that as a kid, and it ruled. I played it. It was good. Yeah. G.I. Joe Battle Core action figures. All right. I and had that. I didn't have that, but it was good. And Series 2 of Magic Works. And I had those. Of course you did. Yeah. We threw to Superstars in this past weekend where it's about Doink, and of course, Dink is with him. Not this. <laughs> Better than baseball, folks. Better like than they, baseball. It's like they showed that promotional consideration to get me like off my guard because right. they just disappointed me uh-huh. so much with that baseball crap. You know what's coming. Yep. 
You saw Doink. You know what it's going to be. Doink is wrestling, by the way. Corey Student, which is a great name. Uh, waist lock takedown by the Doinkster into a pin for two. Face Doink is such junk. Agreed. Like, he is horrible. 100% like, get agreed. off the television. I know. Good wrestler, too, but that's it. <laughs> that's the only I, good thing. I don't even... He's I, good. I just don't want to see him. Corey Student with a shoulder block, but he gets hip tossed and arm dragged. Corner What's whip. that name? Corey like, Student. Corey Student. Yeah, Corey Student. What does that mean? Well, he's a student. Does he work for Dean Douglas? Like, <laughs> what the hell is he? I have that same. Oh, I didn't even reference. know. Reference. It's I great. See, uh, no, it's great. Our minds both went to the same yeah. place. I was going to say the same thing. Anyway, corner whip and a back body drop as Dink is acting like an asshole on the outside. It's all bad. Just terrible. What is this show? Sucks. Doink tries another hip toss, but gets clotheslined by the student. Student with a corner whip, but misses a clothesline and gets a tonic dropped. A big clothesline by Doink as he heads up to the top. Lands the whoopee cushion with Ugh. a sound effect. Do you hear the fart sound effect <laughs> oh that was God. dubbed in? You're going to hear it in one second, and it's not me doing it in post. They really did a fart sound effect in post. I'm not kidding. Here it is. Are we going to hear it? Yes, ladies Here we go in the whoopee. Ooh, the whoopee cushion. Please get this off my <laughs> So bad. So Doink, this is weird, gets on the mic to taunt King, or Kingy as he calls him. Just shut up. And why does Ray Apollo sound like Roddy Piper for a minute? I Did you notice that? Yeah, I... You know what I guess last week? You thought you had one on the Doinkster, huh? Well, you know what? I got a surprise for you. Anyway, Rowdy Rowdy Doinkster here brings out his latest midget, Wink. That's right. Fuck baseball. We've got Wink. They all dance around the ring <laughs> as the ratings are dropping before our very eyes. You can see people turning it off. <laughs> so we go back to Todd and Teddy Biasi Quinn. And DiBiase, line of the night, he yells, you know what I think? They all stink! It's like, It's so good. I laughed at that. It's a legit, like, LOL, like, yeah. amazing. It's really good. You know what I think? <laughs> what do you think? They all stink! So good, because it really is, like, this is so fucking horrible. It is. You're absolutely right. So anyway, Todd throws to break, and we come back with DiBiase. DiBiase's yelling at Ian hilarious. He's like, get him out of here! Get him out of here! Get him out of here! DiBiase's just... Had enough. He's, such, he's so bad! It's amazing! How mad DiBiase is, yeah. I'll get you out you moron! I knew that one. You idiot! Oh, Ask me to do manual labor! Get him out of here! Get him out of here! Get him out of here! So Ian takes the glass tabletop, presumably to a storage room until the 1995 action zone, as Todd wants to talk about Burt Reynolds because, you know, he was relevant in 1994. Not. So we get a clip of Burt Reynolds signing his latest book, My Life. What does this have to do with anything? What is this? It's so, what is it? Like, seriously, why is this happening? Quinn's not even trying to be funny. Yeah, You're being like, honest. Yeah, like, what, what? He was on the WrestleMania like six months ago. So what is this? He's signing the book and some kid like says the word WWF and Burt Reynolds awkwardly tells the kid, he's like, WWF, that's where a bunch of guys have big arms. I used to have big arms. That's it. The World Wrestling Federation. You know what that is? That's guys with great big arms. I used to have big arms. Not anymore. They're gone. What's your name? Jason. That's all it was. They literally only showed this because he said their name once. 
They are so desperate for relevance. That was the sorriest shit I've ever horrible, seen. Right? Like that, the clip just ends he after he says WWF like once. He doesn't even say anything good about them. <laughs> no, he just, he just says, says the guys there have big arms. That they exist. Right. So Todd comes back and says that Burt Reynolds is part of the new WWF generation. Just stop, Todd. <laughs> just no. Just how many times do I have to say just stop? Like it is bad. It's bad. It's horrible. He then throws us the superstars where Vince McMahon is interviewing Arnold Scullin. Vince in the blue pants and Arnie's all fat. It's terrible. <laughs> Must have been a change for Arnie to actually yeah. have to do something yeah, for once, he right? Usually is sitting in a, even when he managed, he just sat in a chair <laughs> on one side. So Vic brings up December of 1983, that fateful day where Arnie threw in the towel while Bob Backlund was in Iron Sheik's camel clutch and cost him the World Heavyweight Championship. Backlund now storms in, you know, crazy Mr. Bob Backlund era, and he screams at Arnie. It's kind of funny. He's yeah. like, have you ever been in a tornado? Have you ever been in a hurricane? Anyway. Like, what is he even talking about? <laughs> Vince tries to broker a handshake, and he scolds back. What is wrong with you? Yeah. You know, all that. It's, hey, you. Yeah. Stop. And then he's trying to get Arnie out of there, and while their backs are turned, Backlund locks Arnie in the chicken wing. <laughs> it's kind of really funny. Actually. Vince tries. He struggles to get him off. Kyoto, Jack Doan, Timmy Warrett, White, they all run in to help. But that's it. We cut away. Back to Todd, who was very upset He's about like, all of this. really upset. He's, He's like, like oh, what a disgrace. This is and a all disgrace. You know? This is so weird. DiBiase, of course, defends Backlund. Of course, saying, of course he does. Well, he has a point. He's saying that he never got pinned, never mm-hmm. gave up. It's, it is Arnie's fault, technically. Uh, we throw to the WWF Tag Team Champions, Quinn. Shawn Michaels and Diesel entering the ring to face Reno, Riggins, and Gary Scott. Stan Lane now and Gorilla are on commentary. Oh, Stan Lane. <laughs> Hello, fans. Uh, this appears actually to be an All-American Wrestling exclusive from a Superstars taping. Thrilling. First of all, Quinn. Yeah. Shawn Michaels is actually wrestling in 1994 after WrestleMania yeah, 10. commentary. <laughs> yes. And he look, it's like the less pudgy edition. He looks really good. He does. Like he's moving around yeah. in there. And I'm like, yeah, this is okay. Like Shawn Michaels, like. Being Shawn Michaels, right. not being crappy. Right, finally. Like, he's good. He starts with Reno and promptly tosses him outside as Diesel wanders over, tosses Reno back in, and Michael shoots Reno Riggins out the opposite side it's of the ring like, this time. It's actually, like, all fun. It's fun. Like, it's like he keeps he doing that gimmick where he yeah. keeps throwing him out and yeah. Diesel throwing him back in. It's fine. Yeah, th- these guys are fun. I really like this. Even Gorilla has some fun. He's like, what, did Shawn forget to shave today or something? Yeah, he's, he's really mad about the beard that Shawn has. <laughs> Super kicked by Shawn onto Reno, and he tags in Diesel. Reno rolls over to tag Scott, and Diesel, of course, promptly kicks his ass. These two, I have to say, are so much better than everything we've seen on this show so far. Absolutely right. Gorilla's very pissy, by the way, this yeah. whole time. It's so funny. Uh, Diesel lands a jackknife, but Sean wants the wants to get the pin, so he tags in, and it's over. And an actual quote from Gorilla while discussing uh, next week's new <laughs> show with Stan Lane. Oh, the action zone! <laughs> he really does just yell that. Looking forward to the big new show next week, Gorilla. The, oh, action, the action zone! So we get a clip from that classic All-American era, February of 1994, where Vince was hosting and tossing around Doink's giant mallet, and I'm not making that up, and then he drops it on his foot in like a planned blooper, and that's it. And back to Todd, who's like, oh, that was great! It was literally nothing. <laughs> Like, nothing. Just stop. Like, enough with... Never play these clips. They're horrible. <laughs> Todd then waxes fondly about that old set as Ian... Shut up. <laughs> Just, no. As Ian barges over and he wants to take the chairs, DiBiase yells at him some more. Mm. And then Todd is trying to scooch into DiBiase's chair with him. He's like, could you scrunch over? And DiBiase is like, shut up! Leave me alone! <laughs> DiBiase, DiBiase is the best part. He is really good. Could you scrunch over? Shut up! Leave me alone! All right. 
So let's go to Superstars, where nothing to do, Lex Luger makes his entrance. Uh, he picks some kid out of the audience, literally picks him up out of the crowd to hold his flag. Cool. This is, of course, during the wonderful Luger versus the Corporation feud. Uh, yep, and we can't escape the Tatanka feud. I, we can't. It's uh, anytime. How? Like, this isn't even, like, near that, is it? Yeah, no, it's near that. Oh, it already it happened. Is, sorry. Yeah, it's going on. God, how long is it? It's like half. It's it, like eight months long. Jeez. Lex Luger's opponent is Tony DeVito, and they have a squash match. While Vic, and- I just call him a fat idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean it's the same thing. Vince and King bicker the whole time about if Tatanka getting a better job just, opportunity is really selling out. This is so hopeless. Like it's <laughs> this uh, angle, you mean? Yeah, already it's not even. They're not even at like Royal Rumble Splash no, or no. whatever the fuck that show is. <laughs> Rumble Splash, you know, whatever the countdown to Royal thing. <laughs> WrestleMania, you mean Sunday Night Slam? WrestleMania Slam Jam. <laughs> Like, whatever. DeVito gets in some token offense before Lex puts a stop to everything and lands the Rebel Rack. Yes, that's what it was called and gets the mm, win. Horrible. Why is it called that? The Rebel Rack. I don't know. Torture Rack is such a better name. It really is. I like Luger, but he was used so much more appropriately in WCW. <laughs> this, this is sad. Really embarrassing. Not even his fault. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they have they, nothing to do with him. By the way, did you notice at like the end, the like fucking like celebrating, uh, he beats... Tony DeVito. Yes. So there's posing. There's pyro. He's lifting the kid in the air. There's like special lighting rigs with spotlights. It's insane. There's like even the like sizzler pyro on like the posts. Like sizzler, the steakhouse. You know, the. Do you remember when you and I went to the last sizzler in New Jersey in Rockaway? Yeah, I do. It wasn't good. It didn't taste well. No, it didn't taste well. It didn't taste well. (laughs) It wasn't good. I didn't like it. Don't be a wise Alec. Back to the studio where now the rug is half rolled up and we get a clip of Raw last week. Finally, some Raw (laughs) on this show. Where, of course, Luger pinned Bam Bam after botched interference by Tatanka. Todd asked Ted what the hell happened with that botched interference and short answer is nothing really. Shit just happens. (laughs) Teddy also clarifies that he is the CEO specifically of the corporation. Million Dollar Corporation is so shitty, but Ted defends it. Of course, right? Of course he does. It's horrible though. Uh, DiBiase is refusing to move out of his chair. By the way, why couldn't they like do this after the show? This makes no sense. <laughs> like, I how? Like what? What Ian and taking the set down? Why are they doing this right like, now? During a taping? This is bothering me. Like, I didn't. It didn't occur to me till later. Like, right. even in kayfabe, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, like, like that's not how you film things. Yeah, why wouldn't they just wait until the taping is over? Instead of having some Irish guy disrupt the whole thing by taking the set down. Like, if we're to think that, like, the, the Kerwin and all them are just, like, in the control room, just yeah, like they always they are, are yeah. like, in the, in the canon of All-American. Right. Like, why would they allow this to happen? Yeah, just wait until the damn taping's over. How long does the wraparounds take that they're doing? 20 minutes? <laughs> yeah. When it, it's not that much material. It's hard. Well, I mean, they do make it sound like that they're watching the matches. They're so not. They're here for the 46 <laughs> minutes or whatever. They're not. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we throw to a promo from Bret Hart on Challenge last week with Ray Rougeau. If I, what do you think, Bret? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of October 23rd, Bret? And Bret's like, you know, I've had it up to here with my brother Owen. And that's it. Like, it just, that, he, that's all he says. Yeah. And he's like, the only direction you're going is down. He doesn't want to see Owen's face anymore unless it's at the Hart house, I guess. Because they didn't kick him out of the just, family. Just shut up. I know. Yeah. Promotional consideration is paid for NBA Jam, mm-hmm. uh, Randy Savage and Slim Jims, and Maximum Carnage for Super Nintendo. Good game. You ever yeah. play that? It's okay. Spider-Man and Venom. At least Randy Savage isn't with baseball. Again. Yeah, or crushing bags of chips. Chips yeah. are good. We're back with Owen Hart entering on Superstar.
stars accompanied, of course, by Jim Anvil Neidhart. Good music. There's a lot of matches on this show. Just, this is just, tiring. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Owen, Owen's opponent here is Mike Park, who is a very yep. nondescript jobber, or excuse me, indescript jobber, mm-hmm. Quinn. King says that Arnold Skolan is sold, that his driver's license picture is a Rembrandt. By the way, can we mention how, like, essentially yep. they showed us a whole episode of Superstars? <laughs> Like, there was no clips from anything else. They showed us a challenge. Whole, or, did they? Yeah, a couple of things. But all I'm getting at is that they are uh, they keep updating us on Arnold Skullin getting beat up from before. But yes. if these are supposed to be clips from, like, different things, like, yeah. that, that's not a good thing to have that mentioned because it makes it sound like it's like, oh, we're just watching Superstars We're basically from just yesterday. watching Superstars from yesterday. That's literally what it is. So anyway, uh, King says that Arnold Skullin also might have been waving the white flag at Custer's last stand. As Vince has a great line, he's like, Mike Park appears not to know what to do. <laughs> well, he doesn't. He doesn't. The announcers literally spend the entire match talking about Bob Backlund as Owen lands a missile dropkick, and he finishes with the sharpshooter. King says that Owen taught Brett the move, but didn't like Conan <laughs> Yeah, of course. You know, he taught me the scorpion hold. Anyway, Todd narrates the big Raw main event coming up on Monday, Quinn. It's uh, Jeff Jarrett versus Doink. This era, Joe. Bad. Just, that's the big hype. Who needs the World Series, Quinn, when you've got Jeff Jarrett versus Doink? They did a 30-second, like, bumper package for this shit. Package. Package Yeah, Todd narrated, and he's like, it's going to be great. Todd in the serious voice? Yeah, the serious Todd. No, that's not a serious. It's got Doink in it. He's got Dink and Wink. Actually, Who cares? It's actually a pretty good match. I don't care. I know, me neither. Back to the set where Ian is now knocking the walls down. Like you said, when very unprofessional. Yeah, it's hard. Wait until the show's over. Now, this this ending, Joe. This is so underwhelming. DiBiase and Todd just, like, comically run away together. the walls, like, fall yeah. on them. And then we get a stock footage shot of a building being imploded from, like, the 20s or something. Yeah. That's actually how the show ends. Awful ending of All-American. I hated all of it. Yep. Um, that ending was like, what are they, like, destruction crew? Right. With that, like, green screen thing? What the fuck? You know the biggest problem with this, Quinn? We were talking about it before we went on the air here. Mm-hmm. All-American wrestling was pretty much synonymous from, like, 1986 until 1993 with whom? Mean Gene Okerlund. Who was in where at this WCW. point? WCW. So... All of these stupid fucking clips they showed have nothing to do with the guy that made the show actually good or tolerable. They're really lucky that the first episode opened with Vince. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like, because it very, like, easily couldn't, might have not. Right. Like, you know what I mean? So this was, what a sad ending to a show that people probably, I don't know, folks, as always, I want your input. Were you watching WWF this period of time? Because I was, but I didn't know that this was there. I didn't know what All American was because it just was never talked about. Yeah, it wasn't promo. Like, did you ever hear of it until later? Quinn? No. Yeah, exactly. So, if you happen to see this, or if you were like an All American watcher, let us know what you thought of this. But Quinn, this was a brutally bad snapshot of a <laughs> very bad period of time for it's WWF. Like we're just getting ready to go into '95, like yeah, the, the prep for '95 here. And you know me, I'll defend a lot of bad stuff, but this was very bad, and this period of time is very bad, and it's. It's all bad to steal one of your catchphrases. It's all bad. What a piece of shit. But folks, thank you so much for staying with us here as we have romped you through another world of retro wrestling. Stay tuned because next week we will be back for episode number 126. In the meantime, be sure to follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us ovppodcast at gmail.com. And of course, join the group. And if you want to donate, you can do that at patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. But until next week, I'm Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn. And we are getting the hell out of here before the set falls down. See ya! Ground ball to first base. Through his legs. He accepts the back with the pen. They win the pen.
in an era where promises are often broken. Hey, kid. Macho man? Let's hit a few. One Federation and its superstars still believe in making dreams come true. They, they all stink! stink.